What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got to unleash the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I am James Boyd, and here with me I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. We got a uh, lot of stuff to cover here. Very excited to uh, get these awards in the, um, uh, the atmosphere. So we uh, worked pretty hard on them. Shout out to everybody on the stream that was rocking with us on the pre-show, uh, finalizing this this joint. We got a lot of people tuned in here as we're, we're going live. Um, some, you know, uh, I got my uh, booster shot this weekend, so I was in the house chilling. Um, so with you, man, not too much, man. Um, the wrestling caught up to me, you know, I can give you, I can give you a, I can give you a hot, like 10 days watching the shit ton of matches and shows, whatever else. But like, I had got to what, like, um, I got to battle of the belts or I got to a uh, rampage battle of belts. And I was like, man, I kind of, I'll watch it. I'll get to when I get to it. And then like, it was like. But you also got to get to that so that so that you can then get to like the New Japan versus Noah show, and then like you got to try to get to whenever the three Stardom shows that went back to back to back get up. And I was like, I, I end up uh, I end up having to call a timeout on the on the New Japan Noah. Uh, so I'll get to that. We'll get to that and cover it next week. But um, but uh, yeah, like I ended up watching Battle of the Bells and watching Rampage, ended up watching um the two of the three uh, main events from uh the Saturday through Monday shows for stardom. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I went into this. I was like, I, I feel like the burn, I was going to get burned out. And like, I, I, I feel like I slowed myself down before I was like, fuck wrestling for a while. But like, cause but I can tell you like <laughs> when I watched uh, last night, cause I, I've only had like an hour of sleep uh, uh, in the last 48 hours, or whatever. But like when I watched uh battle of the belts last night, I was furious. You saw my messages, right? I was like, three straight yeah. matches of three-star wrestling for an hour-long show that's supposed to be a special. Why the fuck did they even do this? Like, I was Bro, unbelievable. I, I was watching it, right? I was like, all right, cool. Like, I, I liked Sammy and Dustin. I guess we can start there. Um, yeah. I like Sammy and Dustin. I thought Dustin actually looked 
out of shape and like he had a huge double chin that mm. he hasn't had in like a long time. Um, he was wheezing around the ring. Um, he, I feel like, you know, this was a short notice thing because it was supposed to be Cody in this match. Maybe mm-hmm. he wasn't prepped uh, to wrestle, but uh, they did some crazy shit in that match. And, you know, it was fun seeing like, you know, Dustin do the Canadian destroyer and pile driver outside Sammy going ape shit and actually winning the, uh, interim title, uh, back and, you know, creates a two champion scenario to set up him and Daniel Garcia. Uh, I, I was into all that. Yeah, I am. Um, I like the direction they're going with it. I thought that obviously that was the right choice. If you're going to do interim titles, I, I, I wish they didn't do it, but whatever they're, we're already here. So, um, while watching it, I did not know whether or not, like, Dustin was, if that was comedy they were going for, or if he was actually really gassed. Either way, I was like, I wasn't feeling it. So I was out on a lot of it. And then, like, Arn comes out uh, and pulls out. Fuego's the under the ring. Fuego's under the ring. Arn pulls out the Glock on him and gets him to run away. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why, why is it table here? They, um,. Like there's a, p- a part in the match at the very beginning of the match, like, in, like the first few minutes, where like uh, Dustin uh, is going to, you know, ram Sammy's head into the still steps. Sammy blocks it, so then he just grabs his leg and bashes his knee into the still steps. Uh, Sammy's knee into the still steps, and then like next thing you know, like Sammy is doing a double jump, uh, like a like a springboard to other rope, like. Uh, I- it's not a 450, but a flip to the floor. And I'm oh, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, why, why do you even do that? There was also, also in that same, like, in the first, early beginning of the match, like, Dustin, this dude's been wrestling for, like, 30 plus years. He does a fucking uh, power driver on the floor. I was like, what the, f-? and then they, and then they went on and wrestled, like, another team. And it's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, <laughs> this also, like, I, I, I want to know who saw that that like knew him when he was a kid and was fucking disgusted. Like, 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 I was like are you serious? You power dried him on the floor and then you proceeded to then go do a bunch of other shit. Whatever. It Bro, like, what me. did Ross say to him I, after? I right, right. Um, I know Cornette was like son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> I know he's already mad. He's like wrestling like Guevara. He's like, but anyway, besides the point. Of saying like you know who else got pissed old timers got pissed on it I just like it didn't really work for me like I think there was some cool spots on it, but that's the only thing that like made me think this match didn't stink to be honest with you uh so like I, I ended up giving it just like a flat three I was just thoroughly unenthused by it like because and also it's like I feel like if I was the match in my head I expect between those two was much better too that that's the only thing like Dustin you know last time we saw him really was the match against. Uh, Daniel Bryan, that match was great, and then mm-hmm. you know Guevara had been on a tear, and I like I thought this was below what Guevara had been doing, so I was kind of disappointed. Um, so you know that that's that's you know whatever it was it was a good match regardless, but I was just like eh, it it just didn't grab me in that way. Um, next, what was the next Side, match after that? Sidell and Starks. I was not a fan of this. It just didn't click. I thought the crowd was dead. Um, they were dead. I think a lot of the show. Uh, yeah. They did get into it like at parts during the main event, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the Sidell and Starks. I thought Sidell like Russell well. I didn't think Starks was necessarily all that, that impressive. I was just about to say it seemed like Starks. It seemed like Sidell was like in a different league than, than Starks. 
So I, I don't know if Starks and Frosty is going to really yeah. wrestle that much um, since he, since Paige broke his neck. Um, <laughs> but but I, I was like, yo, he is like that that Matt Seidel guy. He is really good. And yeah, he, and he was and he was wrestling like he was also in there with someone really good, and they didn't hold it there to the bargain. Um, but you know, well, uh, that's the first time I ever seen Starks like not be sharp, so uh, it was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I, I would still say like I gave it three stars. I thought it was a good match, but I just thought that like somebody's wrestling at a higher level um, than the other person. Um, and it was kind of like I was taken aback by by the just a different level. Like one person was here to show up and show out, the other one was like, uh, you know, okay. They keep me in the house for a reason, you know. <laughs> I mean, that you, you could say that kind. Some of that kind of carries in the main event. We have Britt Baker and Riho for the women's title, and I gotta say it, man. Like tired of it. Like this is like the house torture. What what they're doing with Britt right now? Like it's never been this bad. Like I was just watching this match. I was like. Bro, why does she need all this cheating? Like, and then, like, it's not even necessarily that it's the cheating, right? It's like the setups look terrible for the cheating. So, the stuff with, uh, like, you know, all the, the friction with her and Jamie Hayter is playing out. Rebels getting involved, throwing everyone out. And it's just like, I'm tired of this. Where's Thunder Rosa? Like, bring Thunder Rosa in. We can we can go ahead and uh and slip sl- you know swap this out because if this is the case we have Jade with a belt and a heavy and a manager and then we have Britt with a a, a heavy and a manager <laughs> and it's like are both of these fucking belts gonna be tied up in this heel chicken shit cheating bullshit now like and I think Britt's been um like like we kind of discussed on the um the pre-stream like her materials running dry as mm-hmm. far as like promo wise mm-hmm. so like what she had going for her was like people would get really into her matches whatever you say what you want about like some of the quality of them but i think she's had enough good matches to kind of you know warrant the spot but i think it's time for her and thunder rosa to uh go ahead and get to it especially like it lines up with all the reports that i've ever read it was the beginning of 2022 you're going to push Rosa and Britt is like, you know, the big rematch to uh, their their main event, you know, lights out match is like the biggest match in AW women's history. And I would assume that's what's coming at Revolution. But, um, yeah, I didn't like this pretty, at all, really. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned, like, you thought that this was like the worst of the Brit like run with interference and stuff, because like that Abaddon match still still lingers for me as far as like that is the the worst for Brit. Um so so yeah that's at least they did wild shit in that match and it was like there was a, a comedic element kind of to it. Like I feel like <laughs> that one like kind of worked or whatever, but this one I uh you know I, I just think that like I I I I was always concerned about her being the most over person in the division her being over as a baby face and them not like adjusting and them just figuring, well, she got over by being a heel. So let's let her keep cheating. And then the crowd will just keep loving her. And I was like, I just felt like there was a shelf life on it. And I feel like, as you mentioned, we're kind of, we're kind of up against it. Like the honeymoon's over. Um, so like, they don't have to worry about people like cheering her overwhelmingly now. 
Maybe. Like, I don't think. Like, but, but she is, like, really over still. Yeah. 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 Like, I, 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 I think that, you know, what they were going, I don't know if this is on purpose, but it's like, you know, when this whole thing was like, every defense she had was against people that you knew that, like, no one was going to believe that they were going to take the belt off of her. Um, even Riho. Um, so, you know, it's about time we give her a dangerous, a, a dangerous challenger. Like, I think she's had one. Am I, I don't think she's had any. Okay. Well, you know, it's, there you go. Like, you're a champion. You defend pretty regularly. And you haven't had a, a dangerous person that if people really think, like, the, the, the people think that you can actually take the belt off of you. Like, that's not, it's not necessarily, that's not good. That's fundamentally uh, a bad idea. So, um, the faster they get to the Thunder, I guess, the better. Um, I don't, you know, we're still months away from Revolution. Um, or, it'd be, is it February or March? March, right? Early Beginning March? of March. Yeah, so we're, you know, um, we're some weeks away. Um, so, you know, she can have a tune-up match, and they could probably th- do the, they could probably do the Jamie Hater thing. Um, maybe before then, I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I feel like Thunder's gonna time. like beat Mercedes Martinez, like, and then uh, Britt's gonna go through like one more kind of like tune-up person or mm-hmm. something, and then they'll get there. Uh, Sam had a question. Who had a better reign, Sheeta or Baker? I know I think had the better reign, even though she copped a lot more flack. Uh, I feel like it's Carl Sheeta and it's not close. If you're talking about a belt, there's no question. Yeah. Like, I mean, you got the Thunder Rosa match. You got the um, the Brit match. I don't know if that was a title defense, but in Georgia, uh, that match was... That was before she, she won it. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so... Um, if that's the case, like you got the, um, did he ever get to a second, another, or did he ever get to a Riho defense, a defense no. against Riho? Cause no. Riho was still in and out and, you know, okay. Yes. Right. Okay. So, um, you had the Mizunami match for sure. You definitely had, and you also had the Thunder Rosa match and those are like two of the, be- uh, the first Nyla Rose match too. During the title change or the, um, she got, the, got the defense when she won the belt from Nyla Rose, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. They. She's. Um. She's just as. She's just a better wrestler. She's a lot better wrestler than than Britt. Um. Is what it is. Um. As far as like a for for uh for, <laughs> as far as for American fans that want people to speak American, I I think it might be you might get different answers. Um. Yeah. That that's why you see some of the stuff that like like Riho gets on Twitter and, um. Uh, you know this is why. You know, we talked about it here on the show. Like people were so desperate for Brit to win, and I think part of that was like, "Hey, you know, the 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 audience at large, obviously not like well informed fans and people that listen to shows like these." And I don't know, like, uh, because obviously you wouldn't ever hear anything like this, but I think there are a lot of people that thought this little schoolgirl looking girl that can't break anybody was a champion nyla rose was a champion who you know they don't look at as like you know i don't even want to go there but like that's out there because she gets that type of shit on twitter too so like they i think a lot of people were desperate to get that women's belt in the hands of like somebody somebody that looks like them correct a (laughs) traditional looking like you know (laughs) like like what they 
can identify with, oh, you know, someone they can God. see themselves in, essentially. And I, I think it was, I think it's bullshit. You know what I like to identify with? Good fucking wrestling. Like, <laughs> right. Like, what right. the fuck are you watching for, you weirdos? Like, yeah. Dylan says, say it, Rich. I, I was yeah. like, they, they, Motherfuckers want uh, identity politics in their pro wrestling. Like, man, like, I, like, I think they here. wanted to see, you know, the white woman win the belt. Like, you know, um, and it's it's so hard for white women to succeed in the wrestling business. It's so hard. It's so hard you know. in America for white women to succeed in the West wrestling business. You, you have no idea. You don't know the half. It's so hard. It's yeah, so hard man. compared to their other women uh uh women uh peers and colleagues in industry. It's so much harder for for the white women uh for the white woman to uh to succeed in women's uh wrestling in America. So hard. Yeah, man. Um but yeah wasn't into it yeah uh you know brit brit's got it brit's got a um she has some things left to do uh that i think be entertaining like i the jamie thing be entertaining the um because I, I feel like they still they've been teasing this thing but like they have done nothing to like to showcase like the kind of personality and charisma that, that jamie actually has um so um, there's that, and then as you mentioned, the Thunder Rose thing. So there's still there's still some um, tread left on that title before you just get move move it over. But um, it'll it'll it will be before the summer. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Rampage. Oh, uh, yeah. Take, Rampage. Yeah, take, take us through Rampage while while I get the um. Okay. The, um, the All joint. right. Well, let me. Ah, there it is. So, Rampage. <laughs> uh, first match, uh, Jake Ellis versus Adam Cole. It's a good match. Um, unfortunately, it was taped, and the word had got out that he had, that Atlas had something bad happened with his knee. So, while I'm watching this match, I am sitting there just like, they're doing some really good stuff. And, like, literally every single thing he does, I'm sitting there wincing for, thinking that his knee's going to buckle. And then it happens. At the very end of the matches. As Adam Cole is going for the Panama Sunrise, there's one spot where he, you know, he more or less like lands on both his feet pretty evenly, and then his knee just buckles and he goes down. And um, Adam Cole uh, doesn't go for the Panama Sunrise. He jumps off like he's going to do it, but obviously um, Atlas can't do it. So he then just kind of like pushes um, uh, or suggests that Atlas gets down on the floor, on the mat, I mean, and. Adam Cole then proceeds to grab the foot with the torn ACL, and he proceeds to put absolute a submission hold. I would like to call absolutely nothing on, and gets a submission with it. I'm going so, to. So did he? See, no, I, I saw the video of he it. Put, like what he put nothing on it. He put nothing. Yeah. That was he put a a a a. <laughs> He put a nothing on. He just he basically hugged this man's leg like feel yes. like this man's calf was like feel better now. And that man tapped out to nothing. Like I obviously I don't want him to actually bend his knee after he just tore his ACL. But I was like, did he tear his ACL? One would assume I'm I'm being presumptuous. That's unfair okay. of me. Uh, like his knee buckled. His knee buckled. Gotcha. And he was in excruciating pain throughout the whole time, the whole or- ordeal. But. I was and just like he, he thought he, maybe he got lucky, he got a sprain or something. Yeah, I don't know what I, I don't know the diagnosis or anything yet. But yeah, I was just like I I I you know a bad situation. But like me knowing already what happened, I was like what's he, what's he gonna do? And he put that on. I I, I laughed. Like, Adam Cole, I I was like 
you know, he got to do something to get him out of there to get the win or whatever. But the same time, I was like, that's fucking hilarious. It just, it just looked, it just looked just goofy. I, like, ha- I halfway expected to be like his finisher in a BTE match. That's the best way I can explain. It. Like, wow. that's has to be submission finisher, like the 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 the, the, ca- the calf hug. Anyway, now, so now Atlas did. Like, I saw the video. Like, he looked a little like, you know, he looked like a little bigger. I think than he did when he was in NXT. I wonder yeah. if that had anything to do with it. Yeah, like he didn't necessarily get uh like he like he's bulked up. Like he looks like his um like he's about cut to say is that the same look like he's putting on more muscle? Um You know, you know what that sounds like? The, the classic I was in WWE, they told me I was too small, so I'm gonna leave and just like start bulking up and getting bigger and then like mm. that shit like is just like scarred you forever. Mm. Could be, could be. Um so you know, a part of the angle was for um, Fish and O'Reilly to come down. They were going to, I'm presumably, like, stop mudholing Atlas, but obviously they didn't. So they ended up having um, Orange Cassidy and Yuta and uh, Chucky uh, and Chuck Taylor run down to make the save. Uh, Orange Cassidy then produced a steel chain, uh, which made me fucking how, like, the, <laughs> like, arc. Hardcore Cassidy, hardcore Orange, just made me laugh. But uh, you know, uh, the heels they ended up tucking their tail and they got out of there. Um, next match after that, you end up getting Hunt versus Aaron Solo. Um, it's a it's a it's a squash match, more or less, like a three minute match. That uh, that Hook more or less like he you know he sold a little bit after some interference from um uh, uh what's your boy's name? Fake Rock, White Rock, uh, Eli Drake. No, uh, LA the night. other one, and the one AEW, um, Cody, uh, Factory, uh, QT Marshall, QT Marshall, yeah, QT Marshall was at ringside. He ended up scraping it or swiping it, uh, Hook's leg. It distracted him, and uh, Solo took advantage of that. And then uh, over, uh, after a while, um, Hook overcame, gave him some cross faces, and then uh, slid him into Taz's mission. Uh, look, look, look at them silently trying to flip Hook and test him as a baby face. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, after the match, uh, QT Marshall got in the ring, and he ended up, I think he like pushed Hook, and Hook looked at him and walked walked towards him, and he ain't want none. And then Hook Hook basically like I thought so, and then walked away um, like a like a fucking juvenile delinquent, you know, to to crowd of cheers. Uh, match is good, just went super short with the squash. Uh, there also was a, a fourth match on this dynamite, which is uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Rampage it was surprising. Uh, they ended up having uh, Riho and Ruby Soho versus Britt Breaker and Jamie. And the whole match was basically Riho showing, you know, trying to remind people who she is and what she means to this company and that division uh, against Jamie. While um, Britt is trying to interfere, they ended up um, getting, uh, laying out Ruby uh, out on the floor. And then Rio was left to deal with uh, the two biggers, Bigger Hills 101. Uh, they went to try to, like, uh, Basically, do like a high low move on Riho. Real ducks out the way, and like Jamie's a cracking Brit with like a forearm, and then Riho's up catching her with a, catching Jamie with the schoolgirl for the win. Um, and then Jamie and um, Brit tease dissension uh, before ultimately Cloverheads prevailed. Uh, so that match was all right. Um, and then the main event was the no DQ trios match: um, Dan Garcia and 2.0 versus Santana Ortiz and Kingston. Um. It was fun. It was hard to shoot. Like you can see, while well, even with the heavy editing from from the uh, tapings for Rampage, it was still a mess for them to try to piece together. Um, did some little cool spots or whatever else. 
Um, and ultimately, at the end, you end up getting uh, Jeff Parker ends up getting pinned by like a double move from Santana Ortiz. It basically was like a, I can't even explain it, but basically, like he ends up catching a boot after uh, going through like the up and under stuff or whatever else, and then um, from from a tag team doing it to him, and then uh, Santana's been hitting a discus larry for the win. Uh, but yeah, it was a good match as well. Um, so that's pretty much the week of dynamite, uh, since, you know, um, catching everybody up. So, uh, next week is Warlow versus, um, Punk. CM Punk. Um, you have Dante Martin back. It's, I think it's against Ricky Stark. No, it's against Hobbs. It's I like Hobbs. that angle they did after the, uh, the side out match with Hobbs and, or excuse me, with, uh, Starks and, or excuse me, Hobbs and Dante Martin. Yeah. Um, they had somebody. They had Lee Moriarty come out and make the save. They 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 quickly get rid of him, uh, dispatching him, and then out comes Dante, and then he uses um, Agility and Guile to, um, you know, uh, get Hobbs out the ring. So yeah, uh, that was a, that was a nice. Scene. It's good to see them back. Uh, you know, in the graphic looked like they're going to have Leo Rush with Dante Martin. Um, I don't know if there's been explanation for now they're cool again or if it was all a ruse all along. They made it sound like it's been a ruse all along, but like they never showed like Leo was in on it. Um, so oh, they they didn't show it on TV. They showed it on like Elevation, like out, one of those video packages. Outstanding, outstanding. So, um, all right. So they end up getting that match, and obviously this is this is time for for Dante to recruit them else. He's t- he's taken from earlier in the, uh, last year. Uh, I guess Hob, the likes of Hobbs. So um, it's time. It's time for us to take. Um, <laughs> uh, trying to think, what else is on the card? I don't even remember. Um, Sammy Guevara, Daniel Garcia. That's right. That's that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Thunder Rosa versus somebody. I don't remember. I'm. I can't remember from the life of me right now. Um, yeah. Card looked pretty good though. Yeah. Um, if this thing but we did have like some mailbag stuff. I'll go ahead and yeah, start let's go ahead and get, to that. get into that. So first question comes from Sir Sam. Shout out to Sir Sam. Uh, he says, do you think Impact is going to usurp AEW now oh, that it is? I don't know if it's Thunder Rosa, but it's Deeb and Sheeta 4. That's it. It wasn't Thunder Rosa. It was yeah. that. It was them. Deeb and Sheeta 4. Yeah. I, I think he's being present. I think he's uh, clowning when he says this because I think people on Twitter were trying to say this. So, do you think uh, Impact is going to usurp AEW now that it has ditched Kenny and is getting the epic WWE Royal Rumble bump? He was like, seriously, though, any other, any chance any other Impact wrestler shows up in the Rumble? Uh, I think it's just Mickey, Mickey James, personally. Probably just Mickey. Probably just Mickey. I mean, um, they, they I, look, bring in whoever they want, right? I don't care. Right, right. Means, oh, oh, oh means you're going to bring some, like, you're going to bring in, like, oh, you're going to bring in Strowman or, like, Morrissey or whatever uh, the hell Big Castle calling itself. Like, I don't care. Whatever. Like, win. <laughs> whatever, man. Like, I'm so I'm so jaded by what's going on with, with WWE in the main roster. And, like, I know Sam, he's heard me talk about it a lot. Of late, as far as like, look, man, like it, it, it's Bad. a mess. It's really, it's really a mess. And like, it, it, you know, like I feel like this is earned cynicism. Like I don't feel like I'm being jaded. Like if they, if they actually, when they do do cool stuff, like I'll, I point it out. Even when Rich is like, oh, I ain't really feeling it, I'll still be pointing it out. 
Um, so um, I think this is thing for me. It's just like I, I watch their shows, and I'm just like, give give me a reason. Just like, just give me a reason. Like I'm, I'm not hating. I'm not hating on y'all. Like I want y'all to like put out some wrestling that I want to watch, and they don't. There's always the archive. Um, so like, you know, what, what do I use my peacock for, uh, when I, when I'm trying to fall asleep or something, I'll throw something from like the mid nineties on boom, I'm good. Um, don't, don't ever start a sentence with me saying, uh, what I use my peacock for. Don't ever do that again. Okay. That was, that was (laughs) no, no, no. Like it's bad enough that like every, every month I have to hear Caleb call it the cock on, um, Ah. On uh on instant on uh, messenger threads, it's bad enough I got to hear that. Now I got to hear you talk about your peacock. No, thank you. Sam also says he thinks AW will do at least one more exploding barbed wire death match. I happen to agree. Uh, he said especially after what happened after the end of the last one. Who on the current roster do you think they'd put in one and pitch them a story to get them in it? Um, I don't. I'm not, I'm not going to pitch you a story, but. If we're thinking about the current roster, so I don't have a story, but I know who I'm putting who who I think wants to do one and be put in put in it. Darby Allen. Cool. <laughs> I was thinking about Darby. I mean, Darby works with any gimmick match. I feel like, like blow me up. I don't give a fuck. Like, I mean, half the is Darby Allen gonna be on the next on the new Jackass movie? Do we know uh, that yet? Shit, he should be. That's my. That's where I'm getting at. Shit, he should be. Why not? Dude, I saw the trailer for the new uh, Jackass movie, and like I saw like Johnny Knoxville with just just great, just pure gray hair, just complete co- like cotton top. I was like, "Yo, he's got to be." Remember, like Jackass, like twenty years ago, it mm-hmm. was on MTV, and like they were like in their, you know, they were older. They weren't like twenty. They weren't twenty with a fucking TV show, and I was like, "Yo, they're they're like forty five like 45 50 looked it up giant Knoxville's 50 on the dot bro like ben Damn. like ben yeah. and, and you know Wee man and all them like they're in their late 40s like uh steve o's like 47 i was like yo this is they they still doing this to themselves i got a match i'll go adam cole versus cody i think both of them would be willing to blow their ass up because we already know Adam Cole don't give a fuck. And then Cody's out here lighting himself on fire and shit already. So bomb ain't really nothing. And, you know, he you can just move the pyro from his entrance to ensure the shit blows up correctly. So uh, I'll go with Adam Cole versus Cody. Um, and make sure you guys check out Sam's show on, on Friday coming out. He's going to be talking about the Kenny Omega Moxley um match on the AEW Match Guy podcast. Bro, I never want to see Cody and Adam Cole wrestle ever. <laughs> I mean, who then who's left for Cody? I guess he got to retire it in. I mean, that's not like a bad thing, but Look, man, I mean, I, I, I think I, it'll happen at some point. I, I don't know who he I don't know who's left for him to wrestle. I just know who I don't want to see him wrestle. I'm sorry. Again, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry if that's most of the roster. I'm sorry if that's where we're at now. Like change change the way you you do your, your do you, the way you do professional wrestling. Be more competitive or compatible with the rest of the roster. JML says, do you think WWE goes the New Japan route and does a double gold dash with Brock at Mania? Um, and also, is stardom being extra ambitious running back-to-back nights at Sumo Hall while New Japan is doing Osaka Hall on the same days? 
Uh, I'll go first on the okay. the WWE part. No, because WWE's um, <laughs> they can't create fake main eventers that way. Um, and also, they I feel like one of those spots is going to be reserved for a women's match. Um, they're going, going forward. To, yes. Okay. So like, it's almost like they'll get one by default. Kind of like I don't think they'll tie up Brock on both days. I think we're still looking at Brock versus Roman on day two. Um, and then night one is going to be whatever points they can score with, you know, the Wokes or whatever. So, um, and, and I hate to, hate to use that that uh, pejorative uh, that, that made me wince when you said that shit because when I hear people say the Wokes, I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, I don't want to hear anything this white man has to say. I, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but like, I'm just, I'm just gonna say what it is, cause like, you know, they're like the liberal WWE, agenda. Obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously, WWE has their own like, you know, thing they try to do or whatever. So, I think that will be what happens here. So, um, going forward. So, um, and as far as a stardom, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, player. So let, let me get to. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I just don't think that they would want to do that. And also, like, if you ask Brock to do both shows, that means you got to pay him twice, if not more than, if not more than double. Um, Brock ain't doing that shit free. And Brock, <laughs> and I guarantee I think, you, Brock is, has a special rate for WrestleMania because he's not a mark. <laughs> correct. Just like Mercedes Martinez, not a mark. Yes, not a mark. Uh. Dallas said, to be honest, I think people overreacted to Brock winning the title when it came to WrestleMania plans. Bobby is probably going to beat Brock at the Rumble. I highly, Mm-mm. highly doubt that. If Bobby beat Brock Lesnar, I think that'd be one of the most shocking match results of the year. Yeah. They don't they don't let Roman Reigns beat him clean. Yeah. Um, as far like they can just um like swap whatever things like uh, like obviously at the end of the they day they want a- Roman Reigns to beat Brock Lesnar so like you yeah. can fuck Roman Reigns out of the title of the Royal Rumble now easy uh, and even. put that shit on stuff have they- somebody from Raw win the belt swap the belts back because Lesnar's a free agent and then the Rich. WWE title is on fucking Smackdown Rich they're not going through all that Brock is going or Roman is going to be Seth because the storyline is that Seth has his number and he's not Brock Lesnar. They're going to eventually fix that shit after all the stuff they've done over those years where or, or, uh, Seth has beaten him um, in, in key moments. That's going to be rectified over time. Uh, so there's that, right? And then as far as Bobby Lashley versus uh, versus Lesnar. You name me the black person that's ever beat Brock Lesnar. I, I wouldn't even go to that. Cause like I I don't I would even go to that wing. Just, just part. a funny joke. That's all. Keep okay. going. Okay. So like <laughs> they put the belt on him. They're clearly still headed towards Brock and Roman over the loyalty of. Did uh, that said over him? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yes, in a situation where over Overeem decided who the winner was, wow. yes, Brock Wall in a shoot, you know. sure, yes. sure, sure. If you'll shoot for it, sure. So uh, the thing for me is, um, like, there's going to be title versus title at, at WrestleMania, and then like they'll sort it out afterwards. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, like I, 
I think that's how you get out of having one of those belts defended on the first day. If you go that route, you put both belts in one match second day, and then, you know, you line up your women's main event, you line up whatever you want to do night one. Like, this shit is fake. Like, if they wanted to figure out, like, if, if there were plenty of times and ways to get around all of this, like, Seth was supposed to beat Big E. Like, they could have put Brock in that match, had him wreck shop, and then still had Seth beat uh, Big E. They did not do that. What does that tell you? Like, Um, you know, like, even if you want to throw away the brand split thing or whatever else, but, like, Seth's going to be... Seth's going to be Roman and then, like, take the the SmackDown title from their A-show and then take it back to Raw. That's not happening. Like, I mean, Brock already has the other belt, so they could move him over because he's a free agent. So, um, I don't know. I, I think it's all pretty convoluted, and yeah, they're gonna, so yeah, exactly what Dylan's saying. They're, they're finna get this colors back. They're just, gonna do, they're just gonna do a double title match at WrestleMania between Brock and Roman because that's what they, that's what they were tr- they were trying to do all year long. Yep, and they're gonna get this this double turn popped off. Yeah, so. uh, I, big eye roll. Uh, those of you guys that are catching this on the yeah. podcast. Form. So, uh, um, you, so the next question was about starting doing double doing a uh, the two. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, all right. So, I uh, you had sent me a clip of a press conference where uh, for um, I guess that was for their January pay per view where um, it's Tam and it's Mayu and it's Julia. Um, and Mayu is catching hell trying to say a real Goku Gokugan, right? She's just catching pure hell saying like, you go to my Twitter account and, uh, look at the recent tweets. You'll see her just fucking that up like over and over and over. And like, funny. Tam, and Tam is like, no selling. Cause she's like, you're not about to get me with your funny shit. And then like Julie is like, she fucking corpse. She's like, she just fucking corpse. She puts her head to the ground. Like, like a shame, like, like a shamed, uh, student for like just breaking. And she, she's, you see her, her, her body just like relieving laughs as she has her heads down. But, um, yeah, man. Um, so like that set off my, 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 my alarms, like what the hell's going on? And going to the schedule looking like they're doing a three way, uh, match between Mayu, Tam and Julia. Um, where I guess the first, I, I guess it's, uh, for two falls, person with the first fall gets a match at, uh, gets a title shot against Shuri on one of the shows. And then the person that wins the second one gets the other shot, um, for, for the Red Bull. So they're basically doing a fucking, um, double, double dash, gold dash. Double gold dash. Yeah. I fucking hate it, but. You gotta sell, you gotta sell big matches at the top of the car for, uh, for, um, Sumo Hall. Um, I, my whole thing is like, I figured, um, that those four would be in those top four matches or top two, you know, top two matches one, one night, top two matches the next night. I figured those four would be heavily involved in all of those. So, um, I don't know what element they're going to have. Like maybe this, you know, they put the tag titles in some main event on one, Put the white belt some may have been the other. I don't know. No idea. But um uh it, it's gonna be interesting to see where they where they go with it because like there's no doubt in my mind that whoever doesn't get the doesn't like make uh those March dates with the red belt 
whoever ends up getting pinned twice or, or ends up uh, getting losing uh, is going to get a title shot eventually against uh, later on. So, um, whatever. I, I what was the, what was the question in in full form? He was basically saying, are they being uh, extra ambitious? Running back to back nights at Sumo Hall um, while New while New Japan's doing Osaka Hall the same uh, days. I I don't think so. Because um, one is like, if you're someone that likes both of them, and one's on the other side of the country, and one is in still in Tokyo, just don't stay ass in Tokyo if you like both of them. Um, I I uh, I don't really think there's. I mean, obviously there is crossover, but I don't know how much of it that there is. Um, I don't think that uh, I think that it has helped them that they've had like ran shows um, in buildings that like New Japan is about to run soon. Um, but I don't think that it's going to hurt them that they're running a big show on the other side of the country. I just don't. Um, as far as them being over ambitious, when I saw they were doing back to back nights, I was like, uh, I don't know, but. You know, like they're kind of they're kind of hot. Like they sell their tickets. Like you know, people thought they were going to sell like two thousand tickets for um, Sumo Hall for the December show. They sold three thousand change. So, um, you know, they end up getting I don't know four thousand. They sell four thousand tickets. Probably still a success. Mm-hmm. Uh, King of the North says, who is Rossi talking to in the office and how long until Saya spoils it? Well, everybody wants to be Kyrie, right? Um, <laughs> like, and it's like, it, obviously that wasn't, if, it, even if it is Kyrie later and they'd like, you know, this body swap, right? Clearly it was not Recon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like they wouldn't tease her. I don't, I don't feel like they would tease her like that. I feel like she would just come out at a big show, say hi, I'm, or show up at Corkin Hall and be like, hey, I'm back. I'm coming back. I'm going to do this. And then, like, obviously, Unagi would bring her monkey ass out there to get whooped and get <laughs> thrown down on her. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of people out there. Um, personally, given what this angle is, I don't need nobody else going to Donald Armando. They're kind of set there. Like, um, like if anything, I think Queen's Quest would need would need some help. I think uh, I don't know. If Stars getting back, Ida. Um, I mean, maybe it's somebody's factionless. I don't know, but um, I think I think I think we'll have an idea of what it is or what who this could be like. If we get an answer on what's going to happen with Julia and Shuri and or the splitting of or fraying of uh, DDM, if and whenever it happens, because like I, I just don't. I think for it for the company to expand and get more people, because more people are going to come flocking, or not more flocking, but you know, more people are going to want to come into stardom. Um, you kind of have to break up DDM to uh, because their numbers are already at at seven now. Jeez. Um, Oedo ties at seven as well. Like everybody else is at four or f- everybody's at, is at five. So like I, you know, um, to be able to book a card, I feel like you need some dexterity. Um, so, or some flexibility, not dexterity is the word. That's not the word. Flexibility is the word. So I feel like you kind of need to, um, split up like 
this faction of seven people that you all want to push at the same time, split that up, break it in half, and then go from there. Um, bring it up, bring right, it up. right. And I mean, they were OP when it was five of them. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah, they they were, they were already uh, a starting five. Yeah, know. like Nasty Boy's fucking awesome, and it's like she's the fifth one. Which, how's she gonna get pushed? She's fifth. Yep. Um, uh, but uh, she need to turn, you know. <laughs> yeah, like I'll say, I'll give an answer. And Rich, Rich has heard me say this name. I don't think he's ever seen her wrestle, but he's heard me say this name plenty of times. Miyuki Takase, bring your ass to stardom. They got Nasty Poi, your homegirl. They got Hameka, your homegirl. Come through. Be the final piece of this at rest to stardom pipeline. Tam, Hameka, Nasipoi, Waka, Mai, just got uh, Momo Kogo. Come through. Ask your friends. They all here. <laughs> Come through. Um, so that's you, heard of, you heard it here. The official Dr. Joshi doctrine. Bring your ass here. Don't do um, this. Don't do bro. this. <laughs> Don't do this. Actually, uh, I was watching some TV show called um, Superstore. It's kind of like the office for like Wal- for Walmart. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, this dude was like a regional um, manager, and he walks in. He's like, "Hi, Rex Joshi, Mr. Joshi, Mr. Joshi." Nice to meet you. I started, I like, I tried to clip it to send to y'all, but I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't get a clip of it. But yeah, I, I just wanted to bring it up. Uh, yeah, oh, I just, man. I just, uh, if you're gonna like, if you're gonna bring someone to start at this point, either you need to help facilitate breaking up um, Donald Mondo, or you need somebody. To help Tam carry these fucking uh, <laughs> these fucking green ass motherfuckers in, in uh, Cosmic Angels, it, like some you gotta do something to help facilitate, something to help facilitate. So Miyuki Takase, she could do that either way, either way. Like you want to put her with Nasapoi and Hameka with Shuri, great, great. So um, Sam Weller says, when are we gonna see talent slash angles move up from dark to the main show? Sunny Kiss and Joey Janelle was worthy in his opinion. Second, has the Wang Man quieted critics, or are there still questions to be asked? Love the show. Thank you, thank you. Um, as far as the dark stuff um, being or elevation stuff being elevated to the main roster, I think when it warrants it, yes. And I think you know, in some cases it has. I don't think in most ca- in all the cases it has. Like um, I saw some of the gifts for that um, that lights out match, or, or what was it called between. Um, between I think, is it like a no kissing? Okay, yeah, between kissing and Janela, and it looked like it was a good ass match. Did you watch it yet, or I have not seen it yet? Okay, um, the only thing I can say about the talent angles in dark, the way dark is currently like formatted, they're shooting it all in advance now, mm-hmm. and it's like um, elevation's not kind of really used for. I think dark's like a deeper dive, and like you may have story opportunities on dark, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all shot in advance. So I think it's a little bit tougher to like translate that into the show, especially with like how loaded AW is. Um, and well, I mean, if you I don't know, I don't know how it like works 2.0 on that week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I was, I was going to bring that up. Like I was going to say, I don't know. Cause like lately Tony's like booking has been very conservative and like yeah. saving stuff. So like, yeah. You can't like, and that's why you'll see 2.0 eating innings um, and stuff like that. So, like, if you want to swap some of that stuff out, you could. But I feel like the self-contained stories 
in a sense makes dark a destination. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like I and like James said, I think you know we have seen people go. Obviously, like they've graduated from dark uh, and went up in the By past. Scorpio, for example. Yeah, Scorpio's got Dante Martin started on dark. Hobbs was dark. Um, 2.0 was on dark. Daniel Garcia was on dark. Uh, so it's just, you know, Jade racked up a bunch of wins on dark. So they, um, you know, I I feel like you never know where it's going to quite come from. So yeah. um, uh, what was the second part of his question again? Has the Wang man quieted the critics or are there still questions to be asked? Uh, I said on the show last week, I think he's on fire in the ring. Um, yeah. I guess you... I guess the only question would be like, what's it like when he's in there, like with someone that's like not a best wrestler in the world contender? Um, that's, I guess, that's the only thing to say. But I, I've been very impressed by the Wang Man. I mean, to be fair, given the amount of talent that Tony Khan has accumulated, he could just do the kind be like, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pot, bring your ass back up, bring your ass back through. Uh, and then like after pack, I think he's done with pack, is like, okay, well I guess I guess time for Malachi. And then after it's time for Malachi, it's time for Adam Cole. And after it's done with Adam Cole, it can be, you know, it that's that's like that's four four or five months worth of shit right there between those three people. Yeah. So MJF, you know, uh yeah. so I um my question for him. Um, I already knew he was a great wrestler. Like we we we've seen him, you know, we've seen him be a great be great at wrestling uh, even before AEW started. Um, my concern was with him was like, one is he ever going to talk for himself, and is he going to be um, less wish wish? I don't want to say half baked. Um, I would say if he came off as more um, less. Like, if he actually believed in himself, like, that whole, like, little engine that could shit doesn't work for me. Like, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Like, nah, man, you need to go fucking see. Like, fuck the I think or I hope and I wish and I'm down to the dumps and everything's not working for me. Like, get off your ass and go fight. Like, <laughs> top they face in the promotion. Or that's, what they're, that's what they're positioning you as. Like, stop being down in the dumps. Uh, but... Outside of that, like I, the match would never power me. Like in like to be honest with you, as this has gone along, like I am now like even more confident in his wrestling because he's having even better matches than he was when he was having four star matches here and there and four and a quarter. Now he's out here reeling back and getting fives and four uh, and four and three quarters um, in every big match. So and obviously you know he's been in there with Omega. He was in there with, with Danielson, but it's like it takes two to tangle, and that dude is was already a great wrestler anyway. Like. The showing improvement mm-hmm. in the ring was never the issue with me. It was always been his like his charisma, his uh, his likability as a character, given and uh, with the acts that he you know doing like with his, you know screwing over his own friends or whatever else because he you know he couldn't feel that he couldn't just tell them I don't want to hang out with you right now. <laughs> um, like, and I think uh, it's good that that they're going with him like right now at this point because he's thirty years old, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know this stuff becomes important, like four years down the line, five years down the line, like, you know, at that time, Hamlin will be 35, right? And it's like, he's got all, he'll have way more experience on him, like championship pedigree. And then like, like I was, you know, I was looking uh, at a uh, podcast that was happening with Imp today and he was going to, um, 
have rants on there and they were going to talk about the state of WWE and AEW. I missed it, but I, it was my intention to go in the chat and I wanted to ask rants. Uh, I was going to say, like, how do you feel about like the main event scene, like essentially being the same as it was in 2015? Like with the Brock and Roman thing. So it, that's why I feel like with Hangman, in his case, like him being like this 30 year old guy now and going forward, it's like, all right, we 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 went through that in his early 30s like and he's young you still got a lot of future ahead of him right and i think wwe in a way did it the right way as well like where reigns was very young at that time i mean he's like 35 36 now but i think they've just been so overexposed to a degree where that's mm-hmm. just kind of stale for me and hangman can come back say you know this is his run when he's 30 you can have a run at 33 you can have a run at you know 38 you know and you know it's it's always good to have someone in that early 30s range that you're belting up strapping up seeing if they they can be the man and like i have been very impressed yeah i don't have any disagreements with what you're saying um like it's all about cycling like it's a sports team like you know People like Cody think that like wrestlers peaks are thirty five. I think that's, I think in this era, that's kind of skews younger. But um, ultimately, like giving somebody a shot, um, let them be on top, and then by the time they're off the belt, they're still not even thirty two. There have been worse things in the world than that. Yep. So especially like- when like you're doing this pillar thing, and all the pillars guys are like under twenty eight. Right. So right. and they're gonna be coming next. And then by the time like they're like knocking on the door for thirty, you can belt them up when they turn thirty. It's well, like every I, time you got somebody turning thirty damn near, like you can <laughs> Well, I was thinking more along the lines of like Paige is a bridge slash middle child. Like for the promotion. Mm-hmm. Like you look at Jericho, Moxley, Brian, um Cole would be also be put in the middle child uh lane too, right? So like Daniel, CM Punk or, Daniel, or Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Jericho, Moxley, Omega, uh, like those guys are in their like late thirties of early to mid forties, and then like you know the, the Pillar guys and Garcia and Moriarty and and um, Dante Martin, like they're in their twenties. Um, Warlow, how's Warlow? Is he thirty? Uh, Thirty-two, I think. Thirty-two, like so he's in the middle child range too. Is like. Kind of got to get those people like kind of ready, like they already did with Hank, already did with Hangman. Um, so it's like you gotta once you you know age out of you know the top of a, the AEW card, they're next, and even if like they aren't the guys, they're gonna be wrestling the guys. So mm-hmm. like Cole's gonna be wrestling all the four pillar guys. Like so, same for um, uh, Warlow, same for. Uh, Page, so it's like you kind of got to get in, you know, when whoever else co- may come in pretty soon from Cleveland, Ohio, or so, you know. Yeah, that, that looks like that's on deck. That's um, so like that's in that's very important. Um, that's very important because like they they got they had themselves a nucleus of older guys. Um, so it is important that they are able to like now be able to transition to a future, and they've done a way better job than um than you know the the worldwide leader. 
Yeah. Um, MJ does PR says who had the best mixtapes of the nineties clue case lay flex or who kid. Uh, I was not do a nineties mixtape person. Do we, I was a yeah. early two thousands mixtape. Now my person. question is this, like now that you mentioned it, like the who kid is the two thousands, not the nineties. Correct. Um, for, I mean, the professional stuff was like, was a big deal. Like clue was bigger than them in the nineties. Now it was get to the case lay, you know, stuff um in the early 2000s and then we can talk like um let's just do that let's have a conversation best mixtape pe- best mixtapes of the 2000s best mixtape djs i mean you know i'm partial to gang i'm partial to gj drama gangsta girls you know that's mm-hmm. a regional this is major regional bias in you know but uh Honestly, I think a lot of like the best mixtape stuff was like self-produced, like Dipset or Diplomats volumes one through yeah. five and shit yeah. like that. And um, G-Unit obviously, radios. you can say who G Unit Radio, yeah. you say who kid and stuff yeah. like that. But like uh, you know, Lil Wayne dedication, um, dedications, the Squad stuff. I don't know if you ever listened to Squad stuff. That's more before he, you know, mm-hmm. that's like that's like the transition from. <sighs> He's a mixtape. He's a really, he's a really prolific on mixtapes. To like, then he, like he arrives, but like you get to the suffix and prefix shit. Like that's when he's like Desert Storm, MJ, yeah, yep. obviously the Fab and like Joe Budden and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, mixtape, lots series. of stuff. There's Cassidy, lots of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I don't know who had the best. I guess you can go with you know I'm, I'm partial with like some of the G Unit stuff. Um, it was just like. Like so fucking big, like yeah. so fucking big. Just taking people's songs and and they own them now. Remix, like, yeah, remix and hell and shits. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think because I'm so partial to it. Like I think once once we got to like the like the 2000, like once we got past like uh uh you know um trap or die. Like that could be mm-hmm. in, in Down with the King, like I think that changed everything for Gangster Grills. And then like you start getting like Oh shit, like Nelly wants to do a gangster grill. Like Buster Rhymes wants to do a fucking gangster grill. Uh, yeah. like uh you know, Pharrell wants to do a gangster grill. Uh, Luda. Lu- yeah, Luda did do a gangster grill. Uh and you know, that kind of changed like um me, for me personally, he's like sorry. So it changed the math on it a little bit. Well it, I don't know about changing the math, it just like it was like it was. I thought it was really cool that these that they wanted to do these things, and then like you know, they rated a shit, and they were trying to get him in with a Rico charge, <laughs> and it was a rap after that. It didn't matter. Like you can put, like Girl used to mean something. Yeah, Gangsta Girl shit didn't matter after that at all. Like sorry, sorry, yeah. drum. They just, just nah, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry to the affiliates and all and all that. Sorry, man. The hitmen. Like just it didn't matter. Like Cannon things like Cannon, like Cannon, um like Cannon blew up as a producer over the last, you know, over that fifteen year uh thing through there. Like a lot of those Uzi songs were done by Cannon. Mm-hmm. Um you know, in you know, also in addition to the stuff he did with Jeezy or whatever else. But still it's just like like that meant like they he had the mixtape or he had the album about they came kicked in his fucking door took his shit they had people come in and re-record that stuff if he did a song called fans take fans take a picture no one cared because fans take a picture literally <laughs> we don't want to be involved around that riffraff we're good we're good um and like 
It's so weird because, like, if you had told me there's going to be somebody that's going to be more or less from the South that's going to become a, a, a compilation DJ for albums like Khaled did, and it wasn't going to be drama, I would have been like, nah, it's going to be drama. Like, he has all he has the inside track to all this shit. And, like, that shit happened. Never, never. It, 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 it never got yeah, down. It, it was like it be, never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really strange. Uh, so, I, I, don't, I guess what I say is for you. Big like, fan was, of No Ceilings and also yep, um, yep. Drought 3 and yep. stuff like that, too. So, yeah. Um, Howard says, I know it's late, but I want to congratulate you on your theory about Triple H with the news reported by PWI Insider that NXT 2.0 has been told they now report to Pritchard. Um, question from Bruce. How would you script Mox's return to AEW? Hmm. I mean, you kind of got to get him in there and have him go full board at somebody. And I'm assuming it's going to be uh, Brian Danielson. He's going to come back. He's going to be a- really angry. Um, that yeah, I know. think that's a good spot to to put him. Because I mean, they were that's what they were going to do. Right? Yeah. So like, he comes back yeah. and is like, "What's next?" Obviously, I don't think he's come back right now. Immediately, the second. I mean, like. Maybe in a month, maybe in two, maybe in who knows, but that's where I would kind of put, I would kind of put them two together and let them do the thing. I mean, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of places that he can go. Like, um, he had interactions with CM Punk with the Shield thing, but like they were more or less doing the Roman thing, which is you know, there's a there's a there's a there's a famous podcast about it. So correct, you listen to the podcast. I'm not going to go over that again, but uh. Yeah, so I uh, there's play, plenty of places to go, plenty of places. Um, I mean, if they want to do the if they want to do the Mox and, and Kingston tag team. I'll be down with that too. Yeah, you could save him. You could turn on Kingston. He could. I think well, he's going to have to be. A, yeah, he's going to have to be a babyface for a while. But yeah, yeah, he, he can get a title shot and, and lose the Hangman at some point. I think they were going that direction anyway, so Kinda. they probably want to get that in. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um, so you want to get to unveiling the nominees for the one nation radio awards. Yeah, man, let's do it. Yeah, man. So this is our kind of synopsis here over this stuff. There's, so it was an interesting year, uh, in wrestling, um, kind of still feeling the, you know, that the, the effects of the pandemic, I think for, for half the year, there's, it's weird. It's even stranger, I think, than 2020 because I felt like we were just completely in the dark. Nobody knew what the fuck was going on in 2020, right? And then 2021 happens, and it's like, all right, we've kind of like learned how to live in the dark a little bit. Oh shit, it's open and light, open bright over here again, but <laughs> it's really not kind of still like so. It's all kind of blending in together. So, um, first award. Uh, the Shawn Michaels in ring performer of the year award. This award goes back many years uh, on One Nation Radio. Um, we got Brian Danielson, Ray Phoenix, Utami Hayashista, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, Shuri, Shingo Takagi, and the Young Bucks. A loaded category. Yes, very loaded category. Um, I feel like I have a good idea. Um, of everybody I saw a year on this and pretty familiar with that, except for, you know, Shingo. But, like, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, I, I just feel like there's really no wrong picks. I feel like, um, for a top, f- if you pay anybody in the top three, like, if you give anybody a third place vote, I wouldn't necessarily say that you're out of your mind here. Yeah, like, I, I think this is. 
possibly like one of the stronger like one through eights um, we've ever actually put on the board. Especially um, when you're like, there's we haven't. It's a really weird year for New Japan. So like mm-hmm. you know like there's no ish you know there's like you know it's really weird. So but it's still pretty solid and like right. it's also like a really like you see that that WWE um, representation there. Slim to none, like, and by none we mean none, like, like a couple, like four months of Daniel Bryan. Right, <laughs> right. right, We got, we got, we got Daniel Bryan double dipping as, as Bryan Danielson. Correct. Um. So yeah, uh, let us know who you think. Uh, I, I think I know where I'm going with. It. I might have to do some research. I, I feel like I, I need to watch some more Will Osprey stuff. Um. But yeah, that's that's gonna be a close one. Like, sure, it was great. Tommy just big title matches everywhere. Kenny same deal. Big title matches yep. just you know working all different kinds of matches. Phoenix just being awesome in the beginning yep. of the year and peaking with a big title win. Uh, Bucks tag team excellence was again possibly like the best year that they've ever had. Uh, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um who would be your toughest omission off this list? Who's like who's your number nine that you're like or snub or whatever you want to call it? Um I think that Darby had a, a year that I really enjoyed. Um I just don't think he peaked at like the top top levels mm-hmm. of like work rate. Um hangman page. Um I think what hurt was like, you know, missing chunks of the year and then just being inactive for some of it. Uh, but I would probably lean Darby on that. Okay. What about you? Ooh, I mean, I just, I, I, I know where it is when it comes to um, stardom. So like I, you put two on there and now I'm leaving it that I'm not going to fight for three, but like Tam Nakano has like, her match guide looks almost like identical to Nick Jackson's, except like she has more, way more sevens. So mm-hmm. like, but it is what it is. Like if I put that on the list, it's not, she's not getting voted over Shuri or Utami. And it ultimately we be splitting votes with, if, if, even if she did, she'd be splitting votes from uh, Shuri and Utami. <clears throat> so it is what it is. So WWE women's wrestler of the year. I'm next. This category was slim. Um, uh, <laughs> So we got six nominees. We got Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Carla Flair, Raquel Gonzalez, Becky Lynch, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, I wasn't too particularly thrilled about any of these women's year, personally. Um, there's, I feel like there's massive gaps in each of their um, resumes, whether due to being off, um, whether due to bad booking, whether due to uh, just not achieving at the level or being cycled down. Like there's just like a myriad of issues. I think they have signed. I don't know. A quarter of the top wrestling talent in the last decade. Um, at times. Right. And then you look at their, their men's single roster. You look at their, on the main roster and you look at their women's single side. You're always just like, wow, I don't feel like there's only like three people worth a damn in each, each division. Um, depending on the, sh- the jump between each show, um, they're just bad bookers, and they <laughs> like they're bad bookers, and like they 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 have they flatten out their talent, and they make their talent look like they're not 
that valuable when it's like, I you know, we, we watch NXT for years with the women's division, and they always felt like they were like six, seven deep with people they could pull out for a takeover or for a title match any given time. And that's never the case here. This is not the case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like Bianca's going to win and running away. Um, who do you think is going to finish second? Charlotte. I can see that. I can see that. She missed some time, but I can see that. Um, not much. Yeah, she, missed, she, missed, she missed a lot less time than, like, say, Becky. Um, well, I would say this. I feel like Becky's had a lot of really good matches since she's been back, though. Yeah, I think I think she could uh, place. I think she could place. Let's see. Um, WWE Wrestler of the Year. Um, no women nominated. Actually, no one. One. Um, what is going to? <laughs> so I didn't even, I didn't even mean to segue like that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Biggie, Bianca Belair, Daniel Bryan, Tommaso Ciampa, Edge, Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. I yeah. feel like Roman Reigns is going to win. Oh yeah. Um and like he's been built up to like a mythic level in they, WWE. Like this is a push like nobody aside from Hogan has, has ever received. So like you're supposed to win like right. you never do jobs, you never look weak, you never like smile wrong, like nothing. Like it's very it's all carefully constructed like this is how it's supposed to look. Yeah. Imagine like, if they did this for Big E. This is, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, this is like um when you draft like a when you draft a quarterback and you're like, we're building everything around them and we're gonna work on everything they could do well and not fucking like anything he can't do well, we're not concerned about that. Like we're gonna make the offense theirs, and it's like that that is what that is what WWE has became around <clears throat> Roman Reigns and uh you know, um he's your top star. It is what it is. Um He's had some. I feel like his first half of the year. I feel like it's a tell of two years. His first half. That's a legit, you know, um, Flairthez contender. His second half, I don't know what happened. Um, well, I know what happened. The crowd Daniel, started showing back up. And- da- no, Daniel Bryan became Bryan Danielson. That's what happened. But um, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he had a he had a great first half of the year. He really did. Um, and you know, they always do it to him. Like, hey, you're doing pretty good, hey, huh? Doing pretty good. Time let's, to get Brock. Yep. Time, time to bring to, Brock back. Get you, yep. And then we and then we fuck with you. Um, it, it's it's amazing. Like for a person that's a guy, they really for a person that's a guy, they really uh they really do it to him. They really do. Hopefully, yeah. they don't bust Uh-oh. his head this time. Yeah. So uh, I think a lot of people are, are trying to uh, bang the drum that Seth Rollins has had this underrated year. Um, he was him and Edge were uh, tied together most of the year. Um, I think Lashley was was pushed pretty solid. I think he's got a case to place on here. Very like pretty much pushed as well as anyone not named Roman Reigns. Um, that's a regular. Mm-hmm. Um, Big E's on there. Um, you know, you you won the WWE Championship. I th- think the rain wasn't great, but um, he's there. Won the Money in the Bank. 
Um, Bianca, of course, uh, you know, got, got a WrestleMania win. Got a WrestleMania win. Uh, Survivor Series win. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, got a WrestleMania win. Got a WrestleMania yeah. win and got a WrestleMania yeah. win, but yes, yeah, so th- the the uh, the Survivor Series thing was a was a good thing where, to kind of say we haven't completely given up on this woman. Yeah, you know where where they didn't allow her to beat Sasha Banks. Yeah, that one. Um, yeah, so it, it's a lot there, and Champa, you know for what he he did uh, with NXT, and also you know his work early in the year going against Walter and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know who's going to finish second. Um, it could be Daniel. It could be Daniel Bryan ends up winning, going second. Bro, if that be. happens. Like that. This that that is a travesty. I mean, their hottest like, feud. Their hottest feud was Roman and in, or their best feud this year was Roman and in Bryan. That's, that's such a poor reflection of WWE. Well, yeah, um, all it, of it, it is. is. So like, like these awards look, that we're going to go through. Like, bro, they got very few nominations for this shit. New Japan Wrestler of the Year. So we got Jeff Cobb, Kota Ibushi, Tomohiro Ishii, Kazushika Okada, Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shingo Takagi. Um, Shingo Takagi won this award going away on the Keeping It Strong Style Awards. I would assume that that would carry over here. Mm-hmm. I, I um, agree. Um, it's unfortunate because, like, it... Uh... Osprey was having a hell of a year until he, you know, until his neck got messed up and then he you know, he left. Um, Bro, United Empire was like the most interesting thing about New Japan for a lot of the first part of the year. Like him, Okan, Cobb, Hanare, uh, uh, when he they were feuding with the, with the dads, and then Osprey's rising up the card. Like they were the, the fresh juice needed, not the house of torture. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do we, do we, uh, on, I'll ask you off air. It doesn't matter. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you off air, but yeah, I think, um, I think it's gonna be more interesting. Like who's going to f- come in second and third than in place. Then who's going to win. I think we all know it's going to be Shingo. Yeah. Um, newcomer of the year, first year in WWE, AEW, new Japan or stardom. Um, so we came up with six. Uh, we have Braun Breaker, we have Jay Cargill, we have Carmelo Hayes, we have Hook, we have Dante Martin, and we have Nassipoy. Um, Nassipoy came in to stardom on um, October 3rd of 2020, um, so she came in so late that we're not going to hold it against her. Um, and quite frankly, <laughs> she couldn't. We could because she's so fucking good. Um, yeah, uh... Yeah, man. Like you know, you you already know who I'm voting for number one on this. Uh, who who are you who are you looking at as far as people that can place? Man, um, I think Braun Breaker is excellent. Uh, every time I've seen him, I've always been uh, impressed. Mm-hmm. Aside from like you know that that first Champa match, but I didn't have, actually watch that whole match. I saw some gifts come out that didn't make him look great. But mm-hmm. somebody within their first twenty matches, like, like he's he shouldn't way be on ahead. TV yet. So like relax, yeah, like, relax with that. Like, and he's. I think he's got this. Like, I think he's gonna win. Um, mm-hmm. And then you yeah. know, it depends if if the, mean, Dante. You know, the Hook Army shows up here. I'm high on Dante Martin as well. Yeah. Gonna get there too. Yeah. The the Hook Army may show up uh, in the voting. Hey, the Jay Cargill uh, uh, Brigade might show up too. Never know. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think uh, and Dante's just been if you ask for like consistency and like just always impressing from like the jump just doing just like making like like when Dante Martin's on a screen like you're not about to walk out of the room just because you don't know what the fuck he might do so right. um, I think Carmelo Hayes kind of like slid into it was like he's kind of a replacement for Swerve like in NXT, uh, so like never really thought I don't know. He might be you might be onto something there. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know, man. It, I think this is a really good category, low key, because the, you know a lot of different voting factions can show up here, and like I think for me, like I think Hook is like Hook has something special going for him that maybe no one else on this thing even has. Maybe Braun Breaker doesn't have it, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think he has the complete body of work if we're just looking at it like that, just because obviously he's he's been very protected and they're presenting him a certain way as well, just how WWE's kind of presenting Roman Reigns in a certain way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, for me, it's it's one, two, and five. It's Braun Breaker, Dante Martin, Natsapoy that I'm looking at, um, that are gonna place. You know, I think I think Natsapoy's gonna get some love on here. I mean, I <clears throat> I don't know how well she's going to do. I just know where I'm going to vote her on the thing, and she and for me, she's going number one. Like, I, like okay, so let's pull up her. Let's all right. Look, bro, um, Dante is great, um, but I don't think Dante had 22 televised like three and a half star matches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this, she she's she is. I don't want to say the worst kept secret, but like. She is the, I feel like she is the best wrestler in stardom that like doesn't, I wouldn't say doesn't have a push because she was a high speed champion, but that's a niche thing. But like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like she could be a white belt champion. Like she's that fucking good. Yeah. I feel that same way when I think of like Starlight Kid too, is like, if I were going to start a, a Joshi promotion. Like she is somebody that I would pick and I would push, like to a to you know secondary belt type of thing. Maybe not the maybe not the headliner or maybe not the main eventer, but like she damn sure would be a headliner for me. Um, and you know like they kind of tease like they're like they see have vision for that too. Like they put her on the shoe proof, they put her on the uh, the the pro wrestling weekly commercials for Cycle Joe Hall show and all that kind of stuff. And um and she advertises and they use her as an advertising um front person, but the charisma, the wrestling, like she's just, she's just fucking great. So, uh, but yeah, like I, I would, you know, I think my one, two would be Dante and her would be her and then Dante, but that's how, that's how my top two, uh, three. I don't, I don't know yet. I haven't really, cause I'm not that, I don't watch as much NXT, uh, 2.0 as you have, which is, you know, um, uh, Jade, I love Jade. The, the I don't think the matches are there yet. I think everything else, but the matches are there. Um, hook, has the special thing. I don't I don't really like love Hook like everybody else. I like him. I don't love him. I feel like everybody loves him and I'm just like I like him. And I I just like him. Um love him? Not there yet. I like him though. So um up next we got the Dusty Rose promo cutter of the year. So we got Big E, Don Callis, CM Punk, Adam Cole, MJF 
Eddie Kingston, Dan Lambert, and Miro. This is the AEW category. Yeah. Um, me and Rich uh, had this out to uh, eight. Um, we had quickly came up with six for AEW. Even had other people that would go out to uh, you know eight if we needed to, but you know I felt like there needed to be some bit of representation for aid for WWE. Like I, I kind of put my foot down on on Seth. He put his foot down on uh, Edge. Um, we both recognize that like the Roman stuff is cool, but there's also some stuff with the Roman stuff is like there's so much of it that is like what's the what's the batting average? What's the on what's the on base percentage? <laughs> um, so we 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 you know. Uh, I think we made like an unspoken agreement on that one. Um, but yeah, I feel like, the, so, you know, some of these years are incredible years. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like CM Punk made such a big, um, I think he made, I think he made such a, a, a big wave of, of, um, of words. Like since he came in uh, from the first night to promo about Moxley to, promo about um jim ross to the war of words with kingston the, the war of words with um mjf, MJF. i uh, i you know i almost feel like this is his lose but the return promo yeah yeah so um had had you know had adults crying so um yeah. i i feel like it's his to lose but you know it is that category because there's a lot of things where like if you were into one thing like for example like I feel like I am into Dan Lambert shitting on AEW fans. <laughs> Being across the old Cornette proxy than, than most people are. So, like, I think he might place for me. But I don't know how everybody else feels about that. Um, if you are someone that, you know, if you are getting worked by MJF, you will not vote for him because you are being worked. You are marked. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like... Like, uh, yeah, so you see with MJF at this point, man. I don't know, man. Like, yeah. it's just like um, Kingston. Kings, Kingston has a Kingston has a ton of them. Like, Kingston has Kingston a ton of them this on year. Fire. Yeah. Um. So, like, I uh, there's a lot. I mean, in Miro, in Miro's like all them promos. Like, never has one. Never has one person been so dedicated to their god and in, in in their woman. Like. Outstanding, outstanding work, a, a renaissance, was- not a renaissance, a, a uh, rejuvenation, a a one of the best rebrandings, like since t- since uh, Titty Boy to Two Chains, like just outstanding work, outstanding work by Miro the Redeemer, outstanding work. Don Cal is out of his mind half the year, just like cutting promos about Kenny while Kenny's the champion for eleven months, like bouncing between Impact and AEW, and yes different vignettes and yeah he was just so phenomenal in the beginning of the year yes adam cole adam cole is on here for for particularly two reasons um to from for me anyway uh his promo work uh in the build-up to the cole trilogy in nxt earlier in the year before they moved the colors to the to the rainbow colors um and also uh one of the best promos of the year when he just completely like uh Took a dagger into Karrion Cross's gut, and then he like sli- and then sliced him open television. and he yanked out yanked out his entrails. Um, a promo so good that Johnny Gargano more or less did the same thing weeks later, and we still love that too. <laughs> this man found a template getting off in that man ass. 
Bro, you got the like, girl, you got the car, you got the, you got the entrance, you got the music. You know what they do to make me special? They ring the freaking bell. He's looking up to this man saying that, and he's sitting there taking it. Fight that man, Carrion. Fight that man. Have some pride. <sighs> and then, like, months later, neither of them work in the promotion anymore. Yeah. Uh, but one was fired, one was not. Why? Correct. Because all they need to do is ring the bell. <laughs> You, you know, you know, this lazy ass or like actually like trying hard to get people over. You like Adam Cole guy, like everybody backstage. Adam Cole guy, all you gotta do is ring the bell. We gotta do all this shit for him. Fire his ass. Jesus. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a lot uh, to pick from here. There certainly is. Um, so, so AEW Wrestler of the Year category. This one is a loaded category as well. Um, Darby Allen, the Young Bucks, Brian Danielson, uh, MJF, Eddie Kingston, the Lucha Bros, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page. Man, uh, there is a lot of good picks here. Yes, yes, there is. Um, I feel like a lot of people can place. I think we have a clear-cut winner. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm interested to see who places though, but I feel like we have a clear cut number one. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, I think Kenny's overwhelming. Like he's just done too much. Like right. you start, you start looking at having to belt for 11 months, the, the rise of business, the, the great matches that coincide with it. The, every, all the quarter hours always holding up strong the small dip when he left um a little bit putting over the next guy like it's just it's too much like he's just a part of like every big moment in the company aside from like blood and guts i think he was like there like you think think of arthur ass stadium like brian danielson who's he standing in the ring with he's coming fucking kenny like rich rich if not for a fucking pyrotechnical glitch he would have even more things to, uh, t- to brag about with, when it comes to Kenny Omega's 2021. But Bro. but the pyrotechnics geeks fucked it up, so whatever. Yeah, um, I feel like I should be bragging about Kenny more than I am this year because like you just lay it out what he's done, and it was uh, quite noticeable. The jumps on pay-per-view uh, and also... Uh, across the board, like, you know, folding NXT, you know, like all this shit happened, like the, the return to hot crowds and, and doing all the business, like coincided with him having the belt. And, you know, it didn't matter if you put Christian in there with them. Like it was like, they were going to find a way like that first episode of rampage. That match was electric. Um, uh, Looking at like some of the other names on there, Danielson was just a man on fire from the second he came into promotion. Um, just like you know, f- does the whole thing with Kenny, and you just want to see it again so bad. Then he just rolls into you know doing the real comeback that he should have done in 2018 if WWE had the slightest of clue. I feel so vindicated for that. Rolls into great matches with like Eddie Kingston, Minoru Suzuki, um, uh, Kenny Hangman, 
freaking the the tournament, the eliminator tournament. He was on TV every week, just like getting to do what he loved, and that was like awesome. Yeah, like I mean, unless we're talking about like the the you know January through March, if you will, of Kenny Omega, like. Danielson's like first, I don't know, three, four months in AEW, like might be like the best four months he's ever had in the company. <laughs> like the only other answer would be like the beginning of the, the, the this, this Omega reign of the uh, Omega reign from like, he wins the title to, <clears throat> I don't know, uh, revolution. Like that would be it. Yeah, um, the Bucks were tremendous all year and, yep. and the tag team reign. So the Lucha Brothers, like in, like trios, singles, and tags. Uh, uh-huh. Quite frankly, um, I, I think the Bucks, like you know, added to like, like what I see when I think about the Young Bucks is always versatility. Is like who Super are their opponents? Elite. Who, who are their opponents? What type of versatile matches are they having? Like you know that the match against Moxley and Kingston, a double or nothing, was just like phenomenal. I'll never forget being there in person uh, for that. Um, you look at someone like a Darby Allen uh, carried the TNT title for I think eleven defenses, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I would have to look that up, but popping numbers, becoming a star in the process, um, and really showing he could, you know, they can pick him if they want. Um, yeah. Hangman Page completes his uh, arc there. I think there was like a, kind of a dry spell um, throughout parts of, of the calendar, but I think there's enough there to warrant him being on here. Uh, MJF phenomenal uh, all year, like thriving at just like never getting put in it really in the main event like spot uh, aside from like, uh, you know, the stadium stampede thing. But just like that second like kind of tier just been rock solid as hell all year. And then like turning in the rest, turning up the wrestling a little bit more to to make it not as obvious, like what his um, what his scam is to make you think he can't <laughs> wrestle like <laughs> so. Um, and his promos have just been absolutely fucking gold um, all year. Yeah. Um, Kingston, just Kingston's like. Like you know, how sports. You know, like uh, like organized sports. Like any of the year, they always talk about like uh, they want to give do banquets or do awards or whatever else. They talk about unsung heroes. Like he is like yeah. he is he is he is literally the heart of the city. Like he's that fucking guy. Like uh, they throw him in these different places or whatever else. They don't ask him to ever win or request that he ever wins, he goes out there, he gets hot, he does something really cool, people love it, and he gets put on his, he gets put on his back, um, and, like, people really want that dude to come through, uh, eventually, and I think they're gonna give, uh, give the fans that eventually, but I think this was the first year he got on the board, and, like, he's actually, like, a real power player in this company, um, I, I think this is the beginning of something. No doubt. Um, and, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's pretty much everyone. But, um, yeah, AW Women's Wrestler of the Year. So we got Britt Baker, Jade Cargill, Ty Conti, Serena Deeb, Thunder Rosa, and Carl Sheeta. I think a stronger category than in the past. Much I'm stronger sure. than, Latin, than previous years. <laughs> much sure stronger than previous up. years. I mean, um, it, I mean, if you think about it, like, there are people that, like, Last year, we were struggling to find, what, five? Six. We were damn near. Like, we had, like, Anna J on the year? list. 
I think we did. Okay. Uh, yeah. We we had like Anna. J- we were splitting splitting hairs between like Anna J and Big Swole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you look at this year and you throw in you know like there are women's tournaments this year like have delivered have, have delivered and they've uh, like giving you something to sink your teeth into um, out of the women's division. Um, like the, the, the eliminator tournament at the beginning of the year um, with the Japan side was great. And like, you know, Mizunami could have been nominated for this. Like if this had, if we had like swapped the, the tournaments and did, you know, the TBS tournament at the beginning of the year and then the, then the eliminator and you saw that Japanese YouTube side right now, we'd be talking about putting Mizunami or uh, Asuka, Vinny, or uh, <coughs> maybe even uh, uh, Amy, uh, uh, Sakura on here. It's like that's, that's how good that tournament was. Um, it just is, you know, it's like February or whatever going to happen. So, uh, yeah, but as far as, um, people that made it, like, I think Deeb, Deeb had a breakout year for, uh, for, for them. Thunder Rosa has been Thunder Rosa for a year now. We know, we know that it's no commodity. We know that's a future, um, women's world champion. Um, Sheeta, Sheeta transitioned the belt over to, um, over to Brit. But, uh, I mean, this Deeb thing is like. She was off TV for a long time, and like I'm glad she's back. She's having really good matches. Bro, like every time she showed up, whether she was fighting Riho, she she had two great matches with Riho. Uh, she's had great chemistry with Sheeta. She, her and Thunder Rosa had a good match as well. Yeah, like there was just a like she had a very high percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jade, you know, Jade is Jade. Jade's a star. Yeah. Um, learn learn it figure it she, out like if you don't get it figure it out <laughs> i don't even know if she i don't even know if she even has to eventually learn it i think she could survive even while like I, I think she'll improve i'm not saying she needs to stay where she is i'm saying like even if she's not like if right if she can just get to brit's level it's on yeah yeah like if if she can like i just hope like if she can figure out her footwork oh my god and it, it, it's over um, and I think she has Brit. to work on her selling, obviously, because they still, you know, they still don't really know how how they want to present her selling, like because you know she's so much taller and bigger than everyone else yeah. that they still don't know how. Yeah, like it's like in theory they could have her sell like she's Warlow, but they don't do that. It's, it's a you know it comes and goes, but like you know we'll we'll see mm-hmm. how this goes in the future. Like she's a she's a she's a high level prospect. And Britt's been on top of the division the whole year. Yep. Formed a unit around her. Uh, big title change the, the night she won it. Um, solid matches with Statlander, Ty Conti, uh, Ruby Soho. Like, she's uh, Red Velvet. Her, she's got a lot of, like, main events, like, in different big spots. So, uh, I feel like this is going to be Britt, and then everybody was fighting for second. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Stardom Wrestler of the Year, uh, Utami Hayashishta. The B, the B Priestley Legacy Award. The B Priestley Legacy. Uh, Utami Hayashishta, Mayu Utani, Julia, Saya Kamatani, Starlight Kid, Micah, Tam Nakano, and Shuri. Um, this is a, this is a really, uh, loaded, um, this is a really loaded category. Like, there are, comparatively speaking to previous editions of this award, uh, there are people that like probably have finished like six in here that would have placed in other years. 
Um, that's how that's how like it rapidly improved the uh, the company has been. That's how deep the talent roster is. Um, I you know I feel like I feel like there's only three people to vote for uh, for this. Uh, what order you come up with is entirely up to your philosophy for professional wrestling. If you are just a person that wants just the matches, um, I think it's Shuri. If you are a person that wants um, a a person on top of a card, handing in banger after banger after banger, and presenting themselves like a uh, like a champion, like an ace, I think Utami is your your person. If you want your heart and soul of the promotion, if you want somebody that is going to give you um, something resembling uh, North or sorry Western American storyline um, telling or storytelling from like almost like an episodic type of way. Tam is your person. Um, I think all three of them have fantastic years. Uh, I, I, so, you know, I feel that's how it is. I feel like the other, the other ones, um, uh, the other five, Julia, Julia would have been in the mix, but she had the neck injury. Um, Mayu for a person, I feel like they do as about as good a job as you can do with somebody that they're, that is, you're still your top draw, but they're phasing down. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this almost feels like. Do you remember, like two thousand eighteen Tanahashi? Like yeah. let, let's let's put, let's put the let's put the G one win out the way. Like as far as like, mm-hmm. you could, at any given time she could be the champion again. She's just not. But they keep her doing interesting things like the 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 Starlight Kid thing was interesting out the year. The Tam thing was interesting out the year. The faction warfare between um. Uh, Stars and Cosmic Angels was interesting throughout the year. Like they did a really good job with someone that like just had just came off like you know their big H run. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Micah, Micah and Kamatai. I'm gonna put them together. Like that is that is the the next plan. That is 2022 is uh, 2023. Those are gonna be their years. Um, you know they both debuted in 2019 uh, in. They're here now. Uh, and last year, they showed and proved all throughout the year that they belong at the top of, of stardom cards. And um, this will be their time to finally get to that point. Uh, Starlight Kid. Starlight Kid had an amazing hill um, storyline. ends up with her in, end up with the baddies. And then she had her choice to make or whether or not, you know, she wants to go back to where she was, return to status quo. And she said no. And, like, she is the hottest she's ever been in her career. And, um, like, her wrestling is, is picked up considerably um and she knows how she knows how to lay out a match because uh she was the best baby face <laughs> she's one of the best baby face in the world and now like she knows how to get heat because like she's she's had to work with people that had to get heat for um uh, she's 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 really freaking good she's really freaking good. I, like if i had to describe starlight kid as a heel like wrestler right a heel women's wrestler I would say she's like an upgraded Sasha Banks as a heel and Sasha Banks is great as a heel. Yeah. Um, I never really thought about it, but I, I can see where you're coming from. I can see where you're coming from. You know, working from the size deficit, stuff like that. And, <laughs> um, I think Starlight is a little more athletic and, you know, she's, she's awesome. Yeah. Great music too. So, <laughs> um, so heart Austin feud of the year. So, um, good old fashioned hate, 
in some of these cases, great wrestling and others, uh, long stories, just exhibition wrestling and others. And, uh, some some quick to heat up like CM Punk and Eddie Kingston got hot in a hurry. Uh, gave us a great give of Eddie Kingston running. Uh, <laughs> gave us CM Punk calling Eddie Kingston a, a bum. bum. Uh, you know it, it was a lot in a, in a little short time. So uh, we got Tommy Hayashista versus Shuri, the one of the more defining feuds in the history of stardom, I would say at this point. Yeah, um, just incredible three matches. Even their their G, their Grand Prix match was just like, wow, it's twenty minutes, man. Here's your four and a quarter. Yep. Um, four and, and a quarter like, that you're like angered by. Yeah, <laughs> beat yeah. somebody like, like fuck you, like in here, <laughs> like. Um, so like, uh, and then like that big title change, and obviously the match that kicked the doors open across. You know, mm-hmm. Joshi in June. So that's a, I, I think this one's going to pick up some votes. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Inner and, Circle. And oh, one other thing is like the same thing as last year. And I was talking about Julia and Tam. Like, I don't think anybody else in this list like had more matches with each other, whether in tag, singles, what have you, where like they had more great matches together. Like, they were putting all these faction matches and prelude matches and build up matches. And like, they, they knocked out the park too. It's just those are road two shows. So we got the inner circle versus the pinnacle. Um, great stuff like the stadium stampede and blood and guts. Uh, you got the whole labors of Jericho storyline that, that played into this. Uh, you got weeks of, uh, of mic work between Jericho and, um, and Sammy. You got the great angle where the pinnacle forms. Uh, that was mm-hmm. just crazy with, with the double lights out uh, switch, like the Sammy Guevara leaving and coming back. Uh, there was a ton of stuff that the inner circle versus the pinnacle, they were popping quarter hours left and right. Like it was like we were getting like really great shit, like with those guys. Yeah. yeah. Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Um, what can you say about this feud? Like, it's a feud this, of the promotion. <laughs> yeah, it's like the history of the promotion. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you, you got the. It did business for one, lots of it. Second biggest uh, pay per view in AW history. Um, they drew great hourly number or quarterly numbers all year. Anytime these two were near each other, um, especially in the summer uh, when they did that first part, that five on five match really yeah. heated this thing up. Uh, had people fucking scrambling and like acting outside themselves. Like it was, bro. This was a masterpiece. I um, what I will say is this: had it not, had I actually cared about Hangman in the way that other people's did, like maybe I would have lost my mind. Like you saw me one time, once upon a time, after a SummerSlam takeover, after uh, Johnny Gargano, Wiley Coyote, his ass off the stage uh, to lose the last man standing match to a man that was handcuffed to the fucking uh, stage. Like you saw me grab my shit, get up, and walk away. Like so, I, I so I get it, um, but ultimately, what it comes down to is: do you trust the Booker or not? And like he had y'all, I understand that you hated it, but you brought your you brought your monkey asses back. You tuned in, you dropped your fifty dollars <laughs> down to go watch that man win that fucking title, 
and also to see, you know, and to also see, you know, uh, CM Punk first time as well. But like, that was it. Like you came to see the title change. You got it. People were very happy. I'm happy for y'all, but don't, don't think I ain't forget. James Boyd remembers y'all was out yes. here acting a monkey. Yep. Acting outside y'all selves, unbecoming, like just, we, we got the archives. We have the clips. We have all this stuff calling in real time. Like what was happening? Yeah. Like it's okay, man. Like it was great. Take yeah. the ride, man. It was Take fun. The ride. It was fun. Um, uh, Kyle Riley versus Adam Cole. Yes. Uh, the dissolution of the undisputed era, um, a, and a shot, uh, in the end of, in the dying days of black and gold to uh, get a new underdog baby face over um, as apparently uh, Adam Cole is out the door because they don't know how many days they had on them because this is the company that they <laughs> this is the company that they run. They don't know when people are going to leave. Um, but um, when it happened, it was hot uh, and it, and they had some great matches Um and they had some great promos with each other, and like it was really fun while it lasted. But you know, as all things with NXT Black and Gold this year, it, it, this shit got packed up. Uh, yeah, Osprey versus Shingo, continuation of their feud going from back to G ones in previous years to best Super Junior final. They're just they're one of the greatest matchups in in pro wrestling history at this point, mm-hmm. and like they they did their thing in the summer. And yeah, New Japan great. Cup final, and then the rematch is like even better. One of the best matches in the world you'll see last year. I believe Dave gave that one six stars. Um, so and, yeah, so that means what? That was their second best match together. <laughs> I think that's their highest rated one from him. Okay, uh, well, I, I just know that like the freaking uh, best Super Junior finals like on right, right, unreal, right, um, like. So Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. I immediately was kind of checked out of this feud because I kind of knew what it was. Um, but James thought it should be here. Oh, you saying like that? Oh, this is the James nomination. Like it was. They had some great fucking matches. Where there's a WrestleMania main event, um, the real main event, not the not one of the four main events like CM Punk was talking about. Uh, they they had that, um, and then they also had two other matches uh, later on on. Um, television, um, and also the you know after elimination chamber that whole setup to even get to it. Um, they had great matches, and I thought that um, Daniel Bryan's retirement match or let, you know get the fuck out of here if you don't win a title match against Roman Reigns at the end of uh, April. I thought that that thing, I thought that was Roman Reigns' best match ever. I, I, I you know and. That's saying something considering like most of Roman Reigns' best matches are with Daniel Bryan, even though they they just love to keep those two apart because they're fucking idiots. But um, yeah, I, I thought they I thought they were great. And then like as you know, as I talked about, this tell of two years like once Daniel Bryan becomes Bryan Danielson, like Roman's 2021 looks a lot different. Um, it's the same. They couldn't work it out. Couldn't figure it out. <laughs> um. Young Bucks versus the Death Triangle in all combinations, whether Pac subbing in, whether Eddie Kingston subbing in. Um, this shit was going on from the second the Bucks won the tag team titles. 
uh, in singles and tags and trios, uh, whether the Bucks were adding a person in. And then it culminates in that steel cage match uh, where the Lucha Bros win the tag belts. Uh, this is like people talk about like what the Usos and the New Day is, right? Like and how it's quality and delivers every time. I'm like, did y'all like have y'all t- y'all like did y'all not watch TNT at all? Like <laughs> that's 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 what I what I ask. I'm like, these guys are like you talk about y'all want to do weapons, y'all want to do a cage, y'all want to um, do a singles match, y'all want to do. Uh, you know, lightning fast wrestling. What, how do you want it? Like Tupac would say. Um, <laughs> I and it was just like, bro, like that, that match where they did Pac and Ray Phoenix, the first match of the uh, of the only dynamite that there's no more NXT on Wednesdays. That first match they put out there was Bucks versus Pac and Phoenix, five star match, went 30 minutes. Bucks break out their new heel characters in that match. Pac and Phoenix go ape shit like that shit was just like that just set the stage for for everything that was about to happen. Yeah, um, I would describe uh, Death Triangle versus Young Bucks as like the best pickup game in the city. Like, it's always gonna be good. Y'all always gonna get good run. It's always fun and it's always quality. Like no matter what, and like it, it's just they're just those five. They're just on. They're just in sync. There's in sync, and it's it's fantastic. Every time they link up in any iteration, like it, you know, whether it's Phoenix Nick Jacks from a few years ago, it doesn't matter. Like they're just, they're just ready to go. Yeah, I think we got Ray Phoenix versus Matt Jackson this year, and yeah. that was awesome. So it was like, what? How do you want it? <laughs> yep. Like um, both of them tagged with like both Lucha Bros t- both tagged with Moxley. I think to face the Young Bucks and it was you know, that was fantastic. Like they're just ridiculous, ridiculous. How many different ways they came up with like wrestling each other? Yeah. Um, then we got the Savage Banks Best Dress Ring Gear Award. James, this is the first year we did not nominate Sasha Banks on this is that is this like an end of an era is like you know is she just like 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 seeping into the name of the award now i mean there's part of that and there's also like the the whole part where like you gotta wrestle more and have more gears yeah more more costumes in in the words of our brother from japan more sister (sighs) from japan more costumes like it's it's, it's a i didn't love her wrestlemania gear hmm um, it, yeah, black and, and green. Like her highest profile kind of appearance, and it was like, uh, I it didn't hit mm-hmm. for me. It wasn't classic Sasha Banks because she was a heel, which is cool. I mean, you know, but you know, it didn't hit. So, um, like she was joining DX. Yeah, fresh faces on here. Um, Ruby Soho. I think Ruby is like come with a very stylish presentation, like as far as how she wanted to present herself since she's showed up in AW. I think some of this can even be traced back to uh, like when she was at WrestleMania even. Um, but I think like her stuff's been next level, like whether it's like uh, the jackets, the, the pants that go with it, the shoes, like, like it's all been kind of put together in like, you know, a, a dope way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian Danielson is on there. He uh, 
like once he was, was no longer Daniel Bryan, where he was wearing gear, where it looked like he didn't care, um, he basically was like, um, "Let me get back and let me get back on the horse. I'm gonna go give me some fly shit." And um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> Bianca, the best she may, like this is her best year of her. Uh, making all her gears. She's always like, has like a highlight of a particular year. Like that one year she had the Black History Month one. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite one this year was the WrestleMania one. It was, I think it was like the white and blue type joint. And it was just like incredible. Um, with Tommy, best gear in stardom, I think by a mile for me. Um, looks like something Xena the Warrior Princess would, would rock. Um, is red and black. Shit is fire. Like all the leathers, the she, the metal, the chains on it, everything. Like she had a 2020. She broke out her gear out of like she she started looking like started to dress more like a star, and she had the battle skirt thing, and it was really cool. And then like the go home show for um you know the 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 June 12th match with Shuri. She comes out and she has on this black, red, and gold gear. And I was like, what is this? This is unbelievable. And then I remember, because <laughs> that was a prelude match, right? And I'm like, yo, is this like, and then it, I have this, I had the picture like, um, that just made the rounds of, in, you know, uh, in the stardom realm of stardom fandom realm of just like, them going face to face. And it's, and it's her and it's, and it's in, the, in this new gear. And I like made sure to keep that. And then like, by the end of the year, and people ask like, you know, favorite feuds, favorite women's feuds, or in wrestling two thousand twenty one. Like, I always use that picture of them going face to face with her, like finally like reaching that reaching that level of of looking like a star next to Shuri, who's always presenting herself and dressed herself, and you know, and and basically sewing herself on the soul machine into looking like the star do or DUI or not DUI DIY, <laughs> and it was awesome. Um, so yeah, and then, and then later in the year, she ends up, uh, breaking out, like, a silver alternate of it, and it was, like, even, it popped even more. It was crazy. Uh, the Young Bucks ditched their longtime look that was pretty classic in some circles, and, like, just, like, all the different things they used to come up with that, and then they, like, swapped it to, like, black, and then, like, they're not wearing the tassels anymore, they're putting everything, uh, any color they come up with, they're putting it with matching J's. Like, I didn't expect that shit. Like, like, like they were coming out with, like, fly shit all year. So, I was a person that historically thought, like, I I, I wasn't really, I thought their, their gear was more or less cool. I wasn't really crazy about it. This year, I really liked their gear because, like, I, I never liked the tassels. Like, I think it's hokey in goofy in whatever but um it's festive <laughs> yeah, you know you got you got to be tasseled man you, 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 all the great wrestlers got to wear the tassels you know all the great wrestlers got to wear the tassels like ultimate warrior um yeah. so anyway yeah. like once they got rid of that and they started um and they started kind of like deciding to go out of that template like i was i was more um i was more into the stuff they were wearing a lot more um so it was really cool like you know if they ever go face again i hope they kind of stick with a face <clears throat> version of this um, yeah, like, like they ain't gotta just be in. They ain't gotta just go right back to the tassels. They ain't, they, can, they can they can keep that shit in the eighties. Yeah, they had like that 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 gray um yep. color 
color one. They have like the black one, like with the crosses that they wear. They had the Virgil Abloh, like double or nothing <laughs> ones, like where it was like pocket and all the other shit like they did. And they actually like paid tribute to him when he died on, on IG and said that's where they got that from was Virgil oh, or whatever. Um, they had the pink shit that they did with, with Cole. Yep. Um, yep. They had the red shit they did at Double or Nothing. Like it was like any any color they wanted, they were they were owning that shit. It seemed like, or excuse me, at all out it was. Yeah. Um, Miro, like like Miro's was wearing shit that I feel like dudes will want to wear going to the gym, going to LA fitness. Like, <laughs> Hey, these are, these are my shorts or whatever. I'm out here about to lift his weight, move, move, throw his weight around. And then I'm going to go run uh, on the basketball court a little bit. Like his shit looked like a boxer, like a fighter. Uh, yeah. That's what I was going to Like his fight shorts were awesome. His fight shorts looked like expensive fight shorts that I would see like, you know, any, you know, any kickboxer, any boxer wear will wear, and I thought like even with the match with the kick pads, the match throughout like I thought it was awesome all throughout the year, and like it's really hard to make this list while have being kind of like monochromatic. He pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Like I think the last person mm-hmm. to really do that like on on our <clears throat> list is like Kagetsu. Mm-hmm. I'm just like yeah, you know, two colors and make it work like or one color make it work like he 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 did that like he is like the he was a fly dude that kept it kind of simple or kind of kept it tame he did a really good job with it yeah. all year jade cargill from the jump whether it was gold whether it was black whether it was white like pink and then she broke out the new uh the new black one just last week and i know mm-hmm. this is this year but like yeah, just that- like a different and then that one is Bro. like a variation to look like um, Storm from Marvel Comics, so like from X Men, like so like there's also like cosplay it like she's she's on it she's on it like, like we talk I don't know if she makes her own gear it wouldn't surprise me if she did she doesn't okay. she, I, uh, I think I think Sandra does does her gear um, or she has done she at least did that Storm one like okay. um, but Jade like we always talk about there's. Someone that shows up that gets nominated, like this person just looks professional, has like the shiny gear, stuff like that. She's in that spot with spades um, yeah. on this one. When she came out in the white uh, against Thunder Rosa at the very end of the year, I was like, what the fuck? Like, it, like this is a star. This is what it's supposed to look like. So um, and then number eight, uh, Shuri. So. <sighs> Man, Shuri, like. All her gear is fly all the time. Um, most of it she's she's made herself because when she got into wrestling, she had to make gear for other people um, as part of her young girl duties. Um, and like to see like how she's taking that to the next level is like it's it's one thing when like you know you know about like Bianca. It's another one to see someone that's like Bianca, but like someone that has like more experience even doing it. So it makes you think like what other crazy ideas Bianca's gonna come up with in the future. Like, cause mm-hmm. you see Shuri and like she's making her own gear and she has her Wrestle Kingdom gear that's mm-hmm. awesome. She had then she has like the Wrestle Kingdom gear that's like the colorway of like Wonder Woman with the with the blue and the red and the silver and the gold for she saves that for Budokan Hall. Um, and as I mentioned, like she brought out like when Utami for that prelude match, she comes out and she has that new gear on and like Shuri's like, "Hey, don't sleep on me." 
Like, you know, I mostly always wear red, but I got the red and I got matched with turquoise. And it's like, it's this crazy pattern. And you're just like, yo, she's so <laughs> like, like, the, like Tommy just came out here looking like a brand new, like a, come out like a brand new luxury car. And she's like, yeah, I got something for you too. It's, it's matte color, but it's hard as well. Um, and then throughout the year, like when she comes out for, um, looking like a fucking, I don't like a soldier, like a female soldier. Yes. That's why I explained it for, uh, the, for, uh, the Grand Prix. Like Bro, the pauldron on that, her shoulder. That's the classic. That's the classic like Shuri look for me. Like, like, hey Shuri. Like when I think of her, I think of her in that gear. Yeah, and then, you know with this with the skirt thing as well on that on that uh, gear. And then like, I had saw the and she had other gear. Like she also brought out like her old gear that she used to have and like um and other back when she was like doing like uh, more kickboxing influenced wrestling and like the like in Reina or whatever else. But um. But then, and now, and she saved that for her the uh, the the uh, UWF match. Um, but then, like, I'm seeing a picture of this gear I never seen before in like the in the, like the preview shot for like the still shot for the the, the match at uh, Sumo Hall. I'm like, what is this? I've never seen it before. And then she finally breaks it out at Budokan or not Budokan Hall, but at Sumo Hall. I was like, she did it again. Like, she's just awesome. Like, she's just awesome. And like, if you ask me for like most quality gears, like in a year, I w- she'd be my pick for this year. Um, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah we'll see how. Oh yeah, also I think like the jackets and the stuff. Like she comes, like she came out the Budokan Hall looking like a fucking bird, like it was like a, like a sequin bird. It was awesome. Like she's just the best. She's just really the best at all at most things wrestling. Yeah, I, folks, I think took a back step was like Kenny. I, I didn't like a lot of his stuff that he hmm. he did this year. Um, I feel like like he needs to go back to the leather personally, like the switch to like the like I think when he got back in the leather, like the end of the year, like this shit like went up when he bust out the blue and the gray versions or whatever he was doing. But before that, with the fire pants and all that, it never quite connected with. I think I, I think it was better than the gray one he was wearing last year. But uh, this one, like, I think was a back step. Uh, I thought Britt was good, but not quite good enough, especially when I compared to, like, Jade. I so, liked her jacket more than I liked her gear. Yeah. Because uh, I think like she's the, not falling on the template thing. Like, same thing with Cody, where it's, like, just the same template. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing uh-huh. wrong with that. Like, you know, AJ Styles had the same template for a long time, and he's always had some great gear. But it's just, like, it was like, okay, like, you're kind of... Now you're just in the color things. It's like that's cool. Like CM Punk used to do that once upon a time, or still doesn't. Honestly, he's still he's still back in the more or less. You know, someone's gear. I like. Uh, yeah, I I just want to give a shout out to Christian Cage. Um, it it was it was like classic, but like the pants were dope. Like the, the design was dope. Then when he broke out like the gray with the yellow um, kind of stripes uh, on it, I thought that was incredible as far as like a color combo um and you know th- just the design on it, i always think his shit looks dope so oh. if i was gonna take a futures picks for this future years Azumi. yes <laughs> yes but i will yes her specifically have you seen her jacket you know i don't think i have okay her okay so you see new tommy jacket you've seen the Kamatani jacket her jacket is smoking both of their jackets Jesus. smoking um, but anyway, uh, I was gonna say Micah because like Micah just like 
Oh yeah, her shit always looks expensive. Super expensive, and like I remember, like when she first got her young out of her young uh, girl gear, and like she showed up to um, she showed the Yokohama um, arena, and she was like the Yokohama Budokan, and like she's dressed like a fucking samurai. It's like awesome, and then like now she's like you know this year the, the Empress stuff. It was awesome. It was awesome this year for her. I can't see, can't wait to see what she does next. I think Cole's uh, switch also to his new stuff is is gone like pretty it. well too. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's I mean it's not too different, but it's like yeah, he had to he had to get away from the from the you know Pittsburgh Steeler um in in Notre Dame color schemes of um, yeah. undisputed, and he, I think he did a good job with it. <clears throat> Um, up next, the Put em in a Coffin Award. Wrestler that needs to start completely over or go away. Man, this is a category of just either people that have just personally pissed us off or <laughs> they've just been a strain on the wrestling business. Like, or just someone we... We just watch them and then like they just make everything worse or like you just start looking around and be like, yo, how is this like still happening? Like this like list is like bad news for like <laughs> and you know it sure so, is um number one nikki almost a superhero dead on arrival um they immediately strap her up with that uh with the raw women's title in a cash in and that shit don't work um <laughs> like autumn cash in stink and that, that won't be the last time i say that on this show in the history so look forward to that um they the fiend alexa bliss everything fiend adjace um would be on this list the fiend himself would be on this list except that wwe actually got rid of him so they did the (laughs) job for us so they happened to bring this alexa stuff back this week and it was just all-time terrible television again so she saw uh, her uh name enter this list the house of torture Oh my um, God. Dick Togo and New Japan Pro Wrestling and Evil and uh, goddamn uh, what's his name uh, the pimp Yujiro uh, Takahashi, Takahashi. Yeah. Um, just show horrible just dragging down anything they're involved in just responsible for one of the worst Wrestle Kingdom matches I've ever seen in my life um, the they just are the pimple on the ass of life. <laughs> the Miz. I think the Miz has his time has come. <laughs> it like the act has been like it ran Your through time is up. <laughs> stale like I think it is just like like when oh, they put the man. WWE title on him this year, it was like, is this a fucking joke? Like in this competitive yes. wrestling landscape right now, and it was a joke. Yes. Just to get it to Bobby Lashley, right? But I'm like, why would you even do that with your championship? You had to go through like a week of the Miz being your champion. Like, was it worth it? No. Like <laughs> um, and like just seeing like the Miz like come out here year after year and like nothing's changed at all. It's just like why are we still doing this? Dominic Mysterio. You saving the best for last, and, ain't you? Uh no, nah, I'm just going in order. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Dominic Mysterio, 
just like out of the Eric Watts family of like, you know, just people's sons in wrestling that are just fucking horrible. Like Dominic Mysterio looks like he's untrained, um, even though he's trained with Lance Storm and the PC and been all around in different gyms and his father's Rey Mysterio and like they insist on him wrestling like his father and that's never happening he's wearing that fucking bodysuit and like no like and having that dumb look on his face like no get him the fuck off my TV put him in a coffin he stinks <laughs> up next Cody Rhodes oh my god we've We've done multiple come to Jesus segments about Cody Rose this year on this show. Um, there will be some people that disagree with Cody being here. I disagree with them. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is uh, he's suffering from a less severe version, I think, of what the Miz thing is, where just nothing has ever changed with him. And it's just uh, exhausting in a different like kind of form. Uh, I don't think his matches have, have really held up to the scrutiny. Um, the character's been just all over the place. The promos, the the racism promo, the just the overall like him, Cody Rose's essence. It's been a drag. Okay, Rich. Um, Cody Rhodes. Uh, apparently has had 22 televised matches in 2021. Um, I'm looking at cage wow. match right right now. Are most half or or less than half of these matches um, three star matches? Most. Most are three star matches, or most are under three stars. Oh, excuse me. Uh, most are under three stars, I would say. You are correct. Most of these matches are under three stars. Um, Yikes. Yeah. He has he has 12, he has 12 matches under four. <laughs> um, so, but aside from that, like, I mean, after he won the belt, um, he had two of his best matches of the year, two of his four best matches of the year. He had Ethan Page's match, he had a Sammy Rivera match. Before then, we were talking about somebody that, like, would be at the absolute bottom of stardom. Like, I'm looking, I have Lady C's uh, cage match match guide up, and I'm like, okay, he got them two, he got two sevens at the end of the year. She has two sevens, right? Uh, highest highest rated match this year, Lady C's uh, uh, match in a three-way, or four-way match. Anyway, but you start Lady count- C greater than Cody Rhodes? But you start counting that, okay, he has nine. He has nine three-star matches. Lady C in two thousand twenty-one. Mind you, Lady C who debuted in October of two thousand twenty as a professional wrestler had twenty uh, three-star <coughs> matches. To Cody's nine. Cody's an EVP of the second biggest wrestling promotion in the world. And he can't it, it, because he wants to do bullshit with his matches. He he doesn't have good matches, or he didn't have a bunch of good matches this year. And it's like, look, man, like the promotion. The the at times that you mentioned it's like the promotion feels like it is moved on beyond him. Um, I feel like there's still a fit for him, 
but he has to change. He has to change fundamentally some of these things. And if he doesn't, it can only get worse. Yikes. Um, so I remember the when me of he needs to, he either needs to change or go away, man. Like, I think he could win this. Oh, um, and by the way, Lady C ain't no super rookie. That is not Saya Kamatani. That is not uh, Utami Hayashista. No, she stunk on ice until like the summer. <sighs> NXT 2.0. Uh, number seven. Um, there are some people that like NXT 2.0. I won't begrudge them. Um, but if you look at it critically from a business standpoint, it's not much better, or slightly worse when you look at it. Slightly and worse. Like you slightly. look at it. Yeah. Slightly. As Have far you? as the ratings, oh, bro, they okay, were doing okay, like okay, okay, okay. I thought you meant like as far as like the quality of the show. No, they, oh I, no, no. I, I I was saying critically first, then business. Like it's like took a slight dip, business wise. Like and you, you know you look at the well, Rich, they're putting the overall putting feel AJ around it. on the show now to buoy the fucking rating. Right, like they're they're scrambling. It's I feel like there are loads of issues that are <laughs> going to pop up. <laughs> Because, like, it's easy, to I think, to start something like NXT 2.0. It's tougher to continue it because we're just going to look up and realize, hey, man, these people ain't that fucking good. Do you ever, I, look, man, there is nothing worse for a professional wrestler in America to do than be on TV and stink and be green. There's nothing worse. Like, fundamentally, there's nothing worse. Like, this is not, this is not um, Japan where you come in and you're supposed to stink or you're supposed to be at the bottom of the promotion. You're gonna eat. You're supposed to eat L's and get pinned and and, and, and get your ass kicked or whatever else for a certain amount of time. And then eventually you flip the switch or you come back somebody new or you learn new techniques or whatever else and you see the, the progression from uh, show to show to week to week, month month to you know to time shows you're you're a different person. This is a thing where it's like you have you have one shot or a handful of shots or less to impress, and you're sending all these people out there that are not ready because they just didn't have the reps, they didn't have the the places, the resources to be able to get this done, um, and over and overcrowded teaching uh, um, facilities or whatever else, and it's it's shown uh, through and through that like. It, that it just wasn't good enough. And like, it, it, it stinks. It, it stinks. Like, um, I mean, quite frankly, like I'm looking at some of these NXT 2.0 scores on cage match. And like this show is the drizzling shits. Like dude, like 20, 22 episodes. 20. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 18 episodes. And only th- only four of them have a seven or higher. Yikes! Like just this just abysmal wrestling. Like in you know they that's where they are now. That's what they wanted to do. They they thought that was better. Good for them. Their median age is older than it was before by like five years than it was when it was black and gold. Um, they're you know you. <laughs> Like, do you remember 
um, the locks in in uh, Dipset um, versus right before Jenny yes. gets played uh, um, New York with Ja Rule and yeah. in in, uh, in Fat Joe and like Joel's is like you panicking nigga you panicking like bro when they put out when they put throw AJ Styles and say hey AJ Styles with your multi million dollar per year contract can you please come to to Orlando. Um and and and, and work Grayson Waller like you panicking nigga you panicking you trying to save this shit you trying to keep this shit from going off air pack that shit up man like whatever like put it on the cock like look I understand un- thank you Caleb I understand why I understand why you're doing that because you you want to check I get it but for the betterment of these wrestlers it is probably for the best that they're not on national television and see people see them stink and then write them off. And then three, four, five years later, when they might get better keyword might people are still going to hold against them that they saw them suck before. Cause once you see a wrestler suck, you can no longer, you can never unsee that you got to see. So you got to see a lot of them being better, um, in America before you can be like, you be like, okay, they've figured this shit out. They've learned blah, 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 blah. Like you suck, you suck. And it takes a while to get that. Or keep, they can stop thinking of you sucking. And this 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 is not for the best for them to have this shit on TV. It's not. Speaking of sucking, Natsuko Tora, the final oh no- nominee. I mean, last year she was on. It was more of the same this year. Um, the only thing that makes it lessen was the fact that she happened to blot her knee in uh, June and she has not returned. But for the first half of that year. It was still the shits. Um, and quite frankly, if they had not had um, netted Starlight Kid turning heel in Oedo Tai, that Stars versus uh, Oedo Tai um, feud for the first half of the year would have been like on my list for like worst feuds of the year. Like aside from the pay-per-view shows, them shit stunk. Um, it made me like want Mayu to get away from that shit so badly. Um and, and Kid as well, but, you know, Starlight Kid got a faction at 20, and we're not looking back. We're not looking back. Fortunate injury for the quality of stardom. Very fortunate. The Jeff Jarrett Finesser of the Year Award. Um, one of the flagship awards, I'd say. Um, who took advantage of their situations to get the most out of them? Who worked their way into big spots? Who was the swiftest business person? So the Good Brothers, having they've been on this list before, but the Good Brothers getting an AW, man, they were booked everywhere. They were teaming with Kenny. They were doing eight mans. They were doing 10-man tags. They were defending impact wrestling titles in AEW. Uh, just figuring it out. Figuring out how to work the game and get a check. There was literally a time in a match this year in AEW after there had been a run of matches with um, Gallows Anderson working with the Young Bucks and working with Kenny Omega where I was saying like, I remember you kept saying like, we're having good matches. Like, yeah, because they're getting carried by the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They're getting carried by the Elite. And then literally the next week, there was a match with Kenny Omega and Gallows and Anderson. And inside that match, it featured Kenny Omega with Gallows over his shoulder as he literally carried that fucking uh, uh, cadaver to the corner. And I was like, I 
I'm being ribbed now, right? I'm not joking. Like, this is actually happening. He's literally carrying this guy now. It's, it's not even like a metaphorical thing. It's, it is, it is like, literal now. So, yeah, man. Like, I like, I, Carl Anderson, he's cool with me. He can come through anytime. Ga- Gallows, I, I hope I never see him wrestle ever again. Big Dangly? You, you, you with Big Dangly? No. <laughs> So uh, up next, uh, Kenny Omega not having to drop the Impact title <laughs> in Impact, even to add on to that to an Impact wrestler. So Kenny Omega found a way to like they were like, all right, so we know we got to get his belt back eventually, right? What are we gonna do? All right, we have in a program with Christian. We need to kind of heat this up out of nowhere because we p- pulling this out because to replace the handman thing. How are we gonna heat up Christian? Got an idea. I'll lose the impact belt to him. Well, we can do it on the first show on Rampage. How about that? That's a great idea, isn't it? Like I don't know who pitched it, but it was fucking genius. I can like, tell you, you pitched it, Callus. <laughs> Yeah, let's be like, let's go ahead and you know, we, we'll get it off there. Give it to Christian. Christian can go do the dates. Uh, you know, and y'all can y'all can pop a number. Y'all can change the belt. Like I, I kind of think it worked out for the for the best for the title. It was a higher profile title change. Did it? Don't don't do this. It worked out for the best hey. for Kenny Omega. <laughs> Look, hey. um, I I I I don't know who gave him this idea or whatever else, but whoever did, like. Good job, like, because I don't necessarily, because I don't think Kenny Omega gives a fuck about putting no one over. So, like, whoever got in this ear, got in Tony Khan's ear, said, this how we going to do this? Like, congratulations. Political Kenneth. Outstanding. Bro, they got to, like, I, I don't know. I think it was, uh, also, it was a higher profile loss than it ever would have been an impact. Like, more people saw it on Rampage. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, I don't know. I think it worked look, out. Look, man. If that had been, uh, you know what that's like? You know what it's like? Do you remember when Taz went back to ECW? <laughs> yes. To become their champion? It was, some, it was like, it was some shit like that. It was like, all right, we're going to bring you in. All right. And then like, all right. So imagine, if, imagine if that Taz Triple H match had been for the ECW belt. Uh-huh. It'd been like, wait, he, he is he going to come? He, no. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, man, it, it was just wild. Uh, it's funny as hell the whole time because it's like you have people on one end that are you know that are uh, saying that they're so upset about Kenny Omega being Impact, even they don't even watch Impact. They're just you know, yeah. And yeah. like Kenny Omega has popped their the pay per view sales like by multiples, and like people just said, what did they get long term from it? And the like, answer would be like money. It be green. Money be, yes, money be green. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I just like the I just like the part where it's like it could be both. It could be like he helped them, and also like from a and also like I I'm not he helped myself. Yeah, I also ain't dropping the belt to y'all here. here. I say this off air to you, like Christian is a stamp. <laughs> that was melt back to send return to cinder. Send this shit back. Yeah. It won't be take, me. Take this witch. Yeah, you know, take this. Take this with you. You know. <laughs> um. So 
Vince McMahon licenses the WWE network to Peacock for big money. And at the same time, they give us a like less lesser product like as fans. But like they got like another billion dollars off some shit. They already like own it. They, they traded out our, our monthly subscriptions to their shit where they had to like, you know, uphold a network and shit. Nick Khan gives him Vince's ears like, what the fuck are we doing? We are a content provider, not a fucking um, like uh, a media empire ourselves. Like, let them provide the content. They'll give us a fucking shit ton of money. And they fucking did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another come up. There's another come up. Yep. Yep. Um, Tam Nakano defends her championship against only her bad backstage friends yes only her backstage friends um at first uh i was annoyed because like i wanted her to you know wrestle the hazukis the konamis the jungles of jungle that ever came back um momo has this thing where she doesn't she doesn't she won the white belt she only wants red belt so like she doesn't challenge her white belt ever again so whatever like but i was thinking like you know, top of the card people before, you know, we figure out like who's going to be the next people for this division. Ultimately, the division being ended up being like people that uh, kind of exemplify that kind of difference between the red belt and white belt. Like these, pe- these are people that show emotion, charismatic, um, you know, and like that happened to be like through that run, it was like all these people that like Tam has prior history with in relationships with whether it was um, Saya twice or Saya Kamatani twice or Nasapoy or her two underlings in Cosmic Angels or, or even Mayu. It always was just like, um, we're just going to keep going back to my friends. And then after a certain point, it got to like, I see what you're doing. It's interesting. Um, it's creative success. But I also noticed that, like, this is, like, the shit, same shit that, like, Shawn Michaels tried to do after he won uh, WrestleMania 12 in the Iron Man match. Like, he wanted to wrestle Diesel. He wanted to wrestle uh, Waltman. He wanted to wrestle uh, Hall. But they all left for WCW. Yeah, Triple H, too. Like, he he wanted to wrestle all them dudes, but they couldn't get his way because most of them went to WCW. W, so he was kind of, you know, he ended up with, you know, Sid and, and Mankind and... And uh, Vader, and it probably worked out for the best for WWE for for Sean '96 when he was out here killing every pay per view. But at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, at that time he was consolidating power. Vince or uh, Brett was very aware of that. So I'm thinking of like, was anybody backstage like, do they just think Sam is so sweet and nice that like she would never? It's like, yep, she was over. She was older to have this belt two years ago. Y'all never gave it to her. Now she now she's getting everything she wanted. What has happened now? Like it was weird because like it was like I always felt like what is this roadblock? Why why is this woman not getting this belt? Now she has it. Now she's doing whatever. Now I do what I want. Now I do yep. what I want. And I'm just like you like it. I love it. But I don't think I I don't know if I would have liked this so much if this had been anybody else be, that to be able to uh you know do this in Joshi in this way or do this in Stardom in this way because I don't think um. I don't think it would have been able to not come off as anything other than like a complete scam, but nobody really sees it that way. People see it as like, well, she just rebuilt the, the white division or the white belt division, her image. And like, there is a lot of truth to that. However, that why is that white division all her friends? Why is that white belt division all her friends? So, uh, yeah. Number five, Paul Heyman manipulates Brock Lesnar <laughs> versus Roman Reigns into being a feud about him. 
this may be Paul Heyman's greatest manipulation yet. Paul Heyman has been in wrestling for like 40 years. Um, the level of like, like we know Vince is a bro- a mark for Brock. Heyman has found a way to like slip himself in there, like to like work both sides of the aisle and Roman into this, where it's like I'm just gonna bounce between both of them, and, like and I know in real life I I kind of stick my neck to one of these guys, but like how about in the storyline we 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 make this thing you know we bring this to life you know you know in storyline yep. you know how and then like people will um. Like he's convinced people that it's interesting too. I'm like, no, it's not right. It's because it's like, whose side is he going to be on? Ultimately, it's like he's Paul Heyman. He's on the side of whoever wins. Like, they're, they're like, are you saying like who's he going to sit the who who's he's going to sit the dagger in who's who, in who's back? I, I guess sure, but it's like this is what like the seventh, eighth, ninth match between them, like. If the subplot has gone from like the fact that they've had this heated rivalry to it's about one's manager because now they're in like a loyalty triangle, gotta say that doesn't really that doesn't really that doesn't really want want me to see them fight, especially after I've seen them fight and have bad matches before. So um, best of luck to all those that watch it, Um, and I'm sure I'll be one of those suckers too when it comes to WrestleMania 37. Man. I'm sorry, 38, 38, 38. 38. Yep, 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 yep. Dick Togo continues to gain influence over New Japan booking. He must be stopped. He must go. There are terrible stories from uh, all the wrestlers, like the Gaijin wrestlers, the uh, Hiromu, Hiromu, Shingo. uh, Ishii looks like he didn't get his way. They just fucked with him. Poor him. But... um, it's just been horrible. Like with the show stuff, show and yo feud falls flat. Uh, just the togoism has spawned a term uh, yeah. that is that is you know. I think we're helping popularize with keeping up behind keeping a strong style. Who's kind of leading the way on that? It's just like how like right. what does what is what did Gato? Like who comes off this like great run of like winning Booker of the Year like seven out of eight years and like shit like he just looks around and decides he doesn't have it one day and he needs to start listening to Dick Togo out of nowhere like does he did Dick Togo like save him from a burning building once did he like save him from getting hit by a car or something what is the loyalty price on this when will the when will it be even James you remember Carlito's way. <laughs> Go ahead. Where where are you going with this? So when Kleinfeld got Carlito out of jail, he kept uh, there was a sense of guilt that uh, Carlito felt like he needed to pay Kleinfeld back for this. And this included doing things like shaking guys down um you know, standing up for Kleinfeld and then all the way it goes to like helping to break a mafia boss out of jail and then like being an accessory to murder. Like is, is the deal paid yet? Are we even yet? Like, like what happened Gato? Like look that man in the eye and say, we're even like, you don't owe him shit. 
He's going to run. He's going. He's going to end your tenure if you keep playing with this. Yeah. Um, this is what I'll say. I will say. I will. I will say to Gato, um, if he's not careful, he will be the person that said he used to be prom queen, and now he's a prom fiend. <laughs> <laughs> like that Togo shit is a crack. Stop smoking that shit. <laughs> it's, it, 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 yeah. is, it, it is bad. It is taking you to bad places. It is it is not good for uh for for uh your life. It is not good for the people around you. Stop it. Put that pipe down. Stop smoking that glass dick. Yes. Yes. Um the die Rocky die who booked this shit failure of the year award. My god. Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. We've been over it a million times. It sucked from every angle. It never paid off. It like even if it does pay off, it will be to lesser results. Uh, It'll be after she's already ice cold. Correct. And it was just a terrible way to to treat this woman and the people that flew out there to see that, like including one of our homeboys. Like what the fuck? Like imagine ripping your fans off like this. Imagine. The dud after Omega and Moxley. To be fair, no one booked this, but like when you depend on pyrotechnics, pyrotechnics will then, uh, like Prince had a had a slogan that you say, "You use the computer, don't let the computer use you." Well, <laughs> well you use the pyrotechnics like until like the pyrotechnics decide to like not use you like. Yeah, y'all know what I'm trying to say, but no, like, no, look, as I just said, a prom queen, prom fishies, what the living computer gets you? Why do we keep making these crack analogies? <laughs> these crack and cocaine analogies. Oh man, look, uh, I mean, it, it was one of those things where it's like they booked, they they booked this incredible story of of this. <laughs> Of this, just got fucked up. of this completely evil person that used to be a baby face completely turning and going to stupid in these low, low measures to then leave his his greatest rival, the person that like he really can't beat on his own, um to die. And then in 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 that, like this person that uh the hero had believed in all along um comes to save him. And it's supposed to be his moment where, like, he falls on the on the grenade, he makes a sacrifice, and he's supposed to later show us like what he's worth, and he does. But at that time, when that fucking when them fucking fizzlers go off, like those sparklers go off, like it's the Fourth of July, felt like and you and you handing your and you handing your five year old or not a five year old, you handing your like eight year old some fireworks that like you you are sure won't hurt him because it's a sparkler, and them shits went off on the ring post and. Like in the book, in the Moxie's book, he's like, Kate's on top of him. He's like, that shit, that shit sucked. And all of a sudden, Moxie hears booze. <laughs> he hears booze. He's like, oh, that shit definitely sucked. They booing. <laughs> he's like, we're done here. We're done. Luckily, Kate was able to save himself. He's like, yeah, I passed out. Whatever. I'm a man enough to say I don't pass out. Like, bro, had that shit happened to me, I don't know what I'd do. But I could, I, I'd, I'd have been like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know how you walk through, through, through the curtain and you're like, do you want to fight someone? Do you want to like, 
just like melt down and like be like, what the fuck is happening here? And then like contemplate your life. Because you think career. they're playing with because look, you think they're playing with your life. You think they're playing yeah. with your profession? They think you're playing when they playing games with you. Oh, 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 you want a rib now. Oh, at a time like this, you want a rib now. You want to crack jokes, bitch? A very dark moment. Oh, in, yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in the history of AEW, it was just like, and they bounced back from it like, it almost is like goofy now. It's something to look back and laugh at, right? But at the time, it was like, uh, this could be is, this could be like the beginning be, of of something bad, right? Yeah, but at least it wasn't zombies eating wrestlers in oh, WWE. <laughs> didn't in Miz like blood? Didn't Miz hurt his knee during all that stuff too? Yes, another Insult example. Of the Miz, another example of the Miz needing to be put in a coffin. Um, zombies eating wrestlers in WWE during a match. And then the zombie match. Product placement run amok. Um, just all the things no one wants to watch in wrestling. The undead. Well, and well, not like the Undertaker. Well, well I, I I hear quite often um, that people like this kind of stuff in the professional wrestling. And, yeah. But I will say this. The people that watch that kind of stuff for wrestling, you see those attendance numbers for those venues. It's real low. It's real, real, real low. Like that's some neat shit. That like that is some like that that that's not the norm. Like that is for you and like your your friend, but not for everyone. Remember it's for that. you and you is for you and your friends. Like Tam Nakano's white belt. Um, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like Snoop and Wiz. Todd <laughs> All right. So the the rock and the story of the golden egg at Survivor Series. This this fucking whole show built around worshiping the rock, and the rock don't even fucking show up. Unbelievable, just clownery. When you do clownery, like, and then the rock subsequently showing up everywhere else. Yeah. Um. Bad. Yeah. Bearcat Lee, boy, bad, real, real bad. He's not longer with the company, but it still stinks. Um, people, I think the worst part about it is like the people that came to the defense of it, cause WWE wasn't even trying to defend it. It was just people trying to defend it. Making and, shit up. And then he got fired and now Hodel. Yep. Um, you know, y'all was crying over Bearcat, right? And all this, I, I, I will never forget it. I, <laughs> I dunked on you and <sighs> got hundreds and hundreds of likes for yeah. it. Next, uh, next one. Drew McIntyre post WWE Championship. Man, um, Rich, if you were going to start an American professional wrestling promotion, how? Give me a ballpark figure in fives, multiples of fives. How many handfuls of people are you calling before you've called eventually called Drew McIntyre for your American professional wrestling uh, promotion? He's solidly in my top ten. I would say, yeah. If I was going to have a if I was going to have a top baby face, he might be in one the first handful. Um, quite frankly, like if I want to if I want to have someone present themselves to talk to to uh, to press uh, to make the media rounds to look like a star, have the the airplane talk where he looks like a star. He turns heads when he walks through the uh, through the damn 
um, airport and a dude that wrestles his ass off every single night. Look, that can he's, wrestle big people, wrestle small people. He's he, he he's quite possibly like if you like non Brock Lesnar division, like he might be the best WWE heavyweight ever. Like plus two forty, yeah, yeah. He he's awesome, and I don't know what's he gonna do. I don't know. Is he even gonna have a? Is he gonna be in the Andre come WrestleMania? Who the fuck no, have they done? I, Look what they've no, done. He, he he's out with a neck injury, so he's oh, yeah, probably yeah, gonna yeah, miss right. WrestleMania and everything but, but like before that. Before that happened, what do you think he was gonna do? He was, already wrestled Seth. He was staring at the mid card. Yeah, yeah, like deep mid card, like. Like all that dude, like I suggest y'all go look at what he did with Sheamus and Lashley, and like there are a few things that I like to watch in WWE, and Drew McIntyre is one of them. Yep. Hope he gets well. Um, unifying the lineage of the IWGP Intercontinental and Heavyweight Titles. This was quite possibly one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. When it comes to like a championship in wrestling, they decided to erase all this history of not only the belt, the white belt that they've had for like 10 years. Right. But like the IWGP title that goes back to like 87 with Anoki and they had uh, all those champions from literally Hogan and Anoki and Shinya Hashimoto and Muda. all the th- Muda, all the three musketeers into the Tanahashi uh, and then uh, you know, all the guys in the 2000s, Yuji Nagata, uh, Okada finally gets it. Uh, uh, Suzuki, I, no, Suzuki never won it. Um, you know, then on our modern times and all that shit is like out the window and it's like we're gonna create this new championship, put it with the IC, and it's like we're throwing the lineage out to and we're gonna start over again. It's like yeah. I understand there are certain points in time that things start over, but I don't think this was necessary or needed. It was doing shit just to do it. Yep. Um and it and it it, it killed a lot of goodwill. And it's also like really made no sense from an advertising or marketing perspective. Where it's like they go into this year in the dome and they put a Noki on at the start of the show um, for Wrestle Kingdom, and then it, to celebrate their fiftieth anniversary and how they're about to have their fiftieth anniversary show um, in uh, the, um, April, March, what uh, the spring, March, the spring, yeah, the spring, March, right? and and then to cap that off, it's like. Okay, so you do all that because you know you're going to your 50th anniversary. What better way than to go into your 50th anniversary, go into your 50th anniversary with your with your fourth crowned champion? What? What? Like, and you know, <clears throat> you knew it was a bad idea when ultimately, like, they put it on. They do it, and they can't ever get it to make any sense for every anybody. Until they put it on fucking Okada, like Okada, can you save this? Can I can I bring out V four for a little bit? Okay, I'll whatever, man. Just get the fuck out of my face. Go away, and I'll, I'll yeah. fix it. I'll try to fix it. Biggie's WWE Championship reign, a reign that featured like L's. seven losses in various forms, 
constantly reminding you that he was a second class citizen as a world champion, uh, sticking him opposite of Roman Reigns every chance you got to help him survive during football season ratings wise. Uh, the ratings kind of tumbled on his watch. Obviously, they died at the live gates. Uh, at, like that, I'll never forget that Madison Square Garden show. Good God, um, you know the one after Christmas, and it was just like all the pitfalls I knew were there. Knew that a they don't know how to book a babyface to begin with, and then thinking about Biggie and thinking about the goofiness and the gyrating and all that other stuff. And it just, he just never felt at the level and Brock L5 to him in oblivion. So, um, kind of like the 2006, like Seattle supersonic, like just up there, shit just raining L's. <laughs> it's just raining L's, like L's falling down. But it, look, at least for them, like that netted them Kevin Durant. What did this net WWE? Nada. Bupkis. Nathan. Let's move on. Look, and they waited till he was like 36 to do it. Yeah. And he won it on a he won it in some bullshit and then lost it in a whimper. Yeah. And limped in between. Gimmick of the year, best vehicle to get over. Being the elite, uh constant on this list every year. Being elite is gonna give you Certain amount of things they get over to end up translating to AEW. It's just how things work. Kenny Omega being the belt collector. One of the hardest photos of all time is his double or nothing entrance. We has the four belts, two of them wrapped around his body, two in his hands, callous grinning from ear to ear. Kenny with this look on his face like he's the fucking man. Uh, I was there in person and saw it. It was awe inspiring, really. Um, Dan Lambert, an old school hater. That that kind of says it itself. Miro, the Redeemer. Hook. Hook. <laughs> no explanation needed. And Hit Row, Rap Click, one of the best things that ever was come up with. Uh, I would say in all of wrestling. And then WWE decided they had no use for it. Yeah. Bring him up, bring him up for the Melemental so that we can fire them. Bring them up to the main roster, we can fire them. Not put them back, just get rid of them. Awesome stuff. WWE match of the year. Uh, eight matches. Johnny Gargano versus Kushida from Vengeance Day. Uh, Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa from uh, the WrestleMania weekend takeover, or week takeover. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair from WrestleMania. Uh, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Edge, the uh, triple threat main event from WrestleMania second night. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan in Daniel Bryan's last match in WWE. Uh, Walter versus Dragunov in uh, the last ever NXT TakeOver. Uh, went out with a bang, I guess. Uh, Edge versus Seth Rollins. Uh, Hell in a Cell in um, Crown Jewel this year. And uh, NXT Men's War Games. Not as bereft uh, as one would have thought, but we did have to work hard to come up with that list. Well, I mean, if you look at it, uh, four of these matches came from the dead brand. Still. Hey, which which one are you talking about? Oh, the Look. one that changed color schemes. <laughs> Look, is there anything from Monday Night Raw? Edge uh, and Seth Rollins? 
Yes, that would be Edge and Seth Rollins. But they had to go to Saudi Arabia to do it. Gotcha. Nothing for the so home re- fans. Nothing for the domestics. Re- rest of the stuff was smacked down. Yeah, bro. It's how like Raw is the dead brand. <laughs> AEW match of the year. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson and Arthur Ashe. Uh, Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros. The cage match at full... No, I'm sorry. Uh, all out. Um, outstanding match. Um, Young Bucks versus John Moxie and Eddie Kingston at double or nothing uh, for the uh, tag titles. Heyman versus Brian Danielson, the hour-long draw uh, at Winter is Coming. Kenny Omega versus Heyman Adam Page at Full Gear. Uh, the the story of the promotion. <laughs> uh, the title, the great title change. Uh, Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki in one of the greatest exhibition matches of all time. <laughs> uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, was that a, was that a Lights Out match? Lights out match. Yes, yep. lights out match. Yes, because right, because it does account for for Britt losing. That's right. Um, Young Buck versus Pac and Phoenix. Um, just uh, just an all star game. Just an all star game. Love these matches on this list. Like um, when I think about a, what a big match feels like, I think of Omega and Danielson. Or I think of tag team excellence, Bucks and Moxley. Um, Hangman Page and Danielson getting Hangman off to like a 60 minute match like that shit was excellent um, Omega and Page big title change uh, Bucks and Lucha Bros like ta- classic tag team cage match where they kind of limited themselves like imagine like they didn't even fly all that much yeah um, as you said a great exhibition match with Danielson and Suzuki um, Baker and Thunder Rosa the defining women's match in the history of the promotion and uh, the Bucks breaking out you know like with two guys in there that can you know match or exceed them athletically and like it's just like roll out of bed five stars like in, in the new presentation I'm like oh can can the Bucks really be heel of course it can be heel um, so there's like three young Bucks matches on here there is three Danielson matches on here. Uh, I didn't put like I cut Kenny Omega versus Phoenix at the last minute because I felt like I was choosing between five star matches. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> that one like didn't see the light of day, but that was also considered. Okay, great, great list. Yeah, uh, Rich, can you run? Or I'll, I'll run it down. Um, Starting match of the year. Julia versus Tam Nakano. White belt hair versus hair match from um, Budokan Hall. Uh, main event. Awesome match. Uh, Utami Hayashishta versus Shuri. Red belt match from June 12th. Um, the match that uh, brought Western fans in um, in droves. Uh, Mayu Utani versus Momo Watanabe for the five-star Grand Prix. The opening night. Um, incredible match. Uh, Momo Watanabe versus Shuri from the Grand Prix Final um, on September 25th. Um, Another incredible match. Uh, Tam Nakano versus Mayu Watani. White belt match uh, from Osaka Joe Hall. um, Went to 30-minute draw. Just brutal slugfest. Um, Utami Hayashida Hayashishita versus uh, Takumi Roja, also from um, Osaka Joe Hall on October 9th. A bomb throwing competition between basically two horses. Like, 
whatever you've seen, whatever you think that Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns can do, they ain't doing this. <laughs> um, Tam Nakano versus Saya Kamatani, white belt match from uh, December 29th in uh, Sumo Hall. Um, title change. Um, Abushi versus Okada. I mean, Abushi versus Omega. Um, and uh, Utami Hayashishta versus Shuri. Red Bull match, no time limit. The rematch uh, that everyone waited for for six months. Uh, culmination of a great story and a great year for stardom. Yeah, man. Lots of shoes from uh, pretty much as much variety as I described in the AEW category. Yeah. Um, pay-per-view of the year. Best pay-per-views in WWE, Stardom, New Japan, and AEW. Um, Wrestle Kingdom, <clears throat> Night 2, January 5th. Um, Stardom All-Star Dream Cinderella in Budokan Hall, March 3rd. Um, NXT Vengeance Day on Valentine's Day. AEW All Out, AEW Full Gear, uh, and uh, Stardom Dream Queendom. In uh, oh, I'm, I'm blanking. I'm sorry. Stardom uh, Five Star Grand Prix Final on um, September 25th, and uh, Stardom Dream Queendom. On December 29th in Sumo Hall. Also, AEW Double or Nothing. I didn't say Double or Nothing? Too. Nope. Forgot that one. I did, oh, I didn't have a date on that. I got to let me fix that and put the date in. Sorry. <laughs> I, said, I, I think you went in order. Yeah, that's I'll why. Try to, I, was tr- I was trying to put it in order and I didn't put it in order. I tried my best and I, I am screwing it up. So, whatever. Um, you'll see You'll lots, see the eight. Lots of great shows. Yeah, um, lots of stardom and lots of, eight of AEW. Like, it's almost as if these are the two best promotions in the world going right now almost imagine if that was the case um moment of the year kenta appears on aw dynamite to open the real forbidden door um (laughs) adam cole and brian danielson debut in aw at all out i don't think i'll ever forget that moment that night that fallout it was just like man people was this shit was crazy, man. Um, CM Punk returns at the first dance. People moved to tears. Uh, I wrote a fucking column that night. I was so like jacked about it and uh, fired up. The great reception Punk got. The loud ass extended pop. The promo. It was just like you know, I. I a special moment in wrestling that doesn't come along every day. Like there are people on this list every year winning belts and stuff like that. There's no, there's not going to be a CM Punk returns at the first dance on here uh, next year. Yep. Britt Baker wins a W women's world title. Bianca Belair defeats Sasha Banks for the SmackDown women's title. Hangman page wins a W world title. Tam Nakano wins the white belt. Shuri wins the red belt. So, those are your moments. Pick wisely. Creative success of the year. The Darby and Sting Alliance. Number two, Adam Page versus the Elite. Number three, Utami Hayashista's Red Belt Reign. 
Number four, Kenny Omega as the AEW World Champion. Number five, Brian Danielson reborn in AEW. Six, Bobby Lashley's main event push. Seven, Starlight Kid's heel turn. And eight, The Labors of Jericho. A lot of great stuff as far as creative uh, went from things such as like ensuring your one of your future stars is going to always have this this rub with the Sting and Darby thing. The elite in Adam Page, we've said it many times, the history of the promotion and like building uh, equity with your fans. I think that few went a long way to do that. You talk about an ace run, um, Tommy, and then like every main event delivering. Kenny uh, Omega, AEW World Champion, a rise in, uh, across business, across like work in the main events, uh, elevating other people to make them look credible while not like just running everybody over. Uh, thought it was really impressive what he did. And then he did all that damn near falling apart and no nobody really knew until the end how bad it was um like add in the vertigo too yeah. to just 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 sprinkle that on top brian Nelson being reborn in aw from september on just went on a speed run just to be like i'm back like bobby lashley um his main event push just like uh i think went very well for someone that always works hard always in great shape and you know should have got a chance a long time ago yep but they were mad because he didn't want to wrestle super duper hurt because you know they gave them they gave him a shot idiots starlight kids heel turn um when you take like someone like Starlight Kid and you know you you remove this safe kind of th- thing you thought you knew and it's like oh shit she's a heel now what is the gear gonna look like what is the work gonna be like right. what is there's a lot of questions there and I think she answered all of them yeah yeah huge future star and the labors of Jericho every week there was something new. There was a fucking death match with Nick Gage. There was him and Sean Spears overachieving. There was fucking Juventud Guerrero showing up. Uh, Wardlow, like just every week in the in the promos leading up to it and up to the MJF being the last one. And that match, like I think, was actually really good. The one that was on TV, and it was like, damn, it like did Jericho like just like. It felt like this, like end of the career, like kind of thing he was doing, and it was really interesting, and I thought uh, helped carry a lot of the summer, like uh, along with like you know, it was like the B story among the you know the page versus the elite. It was like the Labor's Jericho thing, and it was like really solid. I, and I think, like, I don't know if it's people are really talking about it anymore, but I think they should. Mm. Yeah, I mean. I, I think I think it has to do with him being phased down, mm-hmm. um, but you're right. Like, I mean, that's all a part of, you know, the inner circle pinnacle few. I thought, you know, there there were some things that I did not love about it, um, and some of those matches I did not love about it. But like the the story of going week to week or month to month, going through the whole thing with the you know the 
Guevara and Sammy at each other's other throats, like, is, you know, is Inner Circle going to, like, turn on Jericho and kick him out in favor of MJF? And then you turn out this like, nah, they're sticking together, but, like, MJF expected that, and now he has his own goon squad, so now, like, bl- blood and guts, war games, let's go. Um, I, I, you know, I thought all of that, like, um, and then, you know, uh, the match, uh, they get the match after they, you know, I think Jericho or MJF went up either 0-2 or, or went up 2-0 or 3 I can't remember, and he's like, I just, I just gotta, I gotta get off the board against this fucking guy, and, like, what do you want to do? Like, if you want to get to me, fine. Remember what I did? To, remember what I did to Cody? I'd sing you on something just as crazy. Go out here and wrestle all these goofy ass matches, and after you've been worn down, I will. You can fight me. And he gets that mat. He goes through all that stuff, and he keeps going week to week to week. And um, he finally gets his hands on MJF, and he finally beats MJF. But like, it works out great because like. MJF still won the overall feud. It's just Jericho won the last one and we can move on and MJF can get his heat back quickly and we can retool. And like, that is what I like to call real good booking, real good booking. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. And the last award, the classic award from day one, one nation radio, the IWC award. So the biggest internet controversy. So, uh, number one, AEW wins the Wednesday Night War. Basically, gets Wednesdays to themselves, sends NXT spiraling into number two, NXT 2.0. Uh, everything that's surrounding NXT 2.0, the the cap that's going on about it, as far as like you know, people claiming it's superior, deriding the style of wrestling from the previous era, um, the I think the the clear demonstration of like the greenness uh, um, <laughs> there's just a lot going on conversation wise with NXT 2.0 number three the reaction to many wrestlers jumping from WWE to AEW everyone from Malachi Black and Andrade to Adam Cole and Brian Danielson left uh, from WWE into AEW then you know someone like CM Punk showing up in AEW, um, all the discourse that this created and the desperation that was, you know, someone like, you know, people wishing for that to have been messed up. Like as far as like the CM Punk thing, they were saying, what if MJF does this and it ruins it? And uh, there was just a lot of like, uh, there were people sending death threats to wrestlers. It was just bad overall. Like people embarrassing themselves, over and over again just in disbelief that people have just defied wwe and whether they were let go by wwe or these people chose to leave it was never good enough like from you know what these people want to do essentially with their careers um you know if if they were fired from wwe they should never wrestle again if they chose to leave they're ungrateful bastards fuck them and it was just like Wow, uh, here's what they think about you, like, yeah. For um, AEW Rampage beat SmackDown head to head on cable. That one week it was fucking nuts. Like with CM Punk head to head against uh, like Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns and uh, Sasha Banks and Brock, and then like. 
the uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns segment was beat by the bunny. It was uh, it was a lot that was going on there. A lot of memes, a lot of shit talk. It was a hot time on Twitter. Yes, uh, a lot of fast nationals became a thing. Oh yeah, that yeah. Aren't, isn't that fun? Fast nationals, isn't that fun? Yeah, it's just like WWE is paying for bad numbers, and when they don't leak, you can tell that was a good number for AEW. That actually happened with Battle of the Belts. Like they tried to, um, but it was weird because like the the fast nationals they leaked were way lower than what the actual numbers turned out to be. So sometimes it doesn't work in their favor, mm. but. Rampage didn't leak this week because they knew Rampage was like kind of solid or whatever. It's weird how it all works, but uh, there have been journalists that have kind of been getting caught up in this stuff and exposed, which was pretty funny to the point to where they decide not to release them anymore. Uh, some are just taking the numbers. This got out of the wrestling circles into people like Darren Ravel. TK made sure to follow back up with Darren Ravel. It was it was pretty funny, honestly, uh, seeing all that stuff. But um, Rampage beating SmackDown head to head on cable kind of exposed the um, the shaky ground that uh, I think WWE's popularity is, is on, and then it you know kind of shows you the value of network television. Yeah, because just anyone can be watching that shit or not watching it. It could just be on. Yeah, like channel placement is real and people think it's not and it's like well okay bud um like i remember when uh when this happened i remember saying to you like they're going to be on fs1 they're going to lose they're probably going to lose you were like well you know i was like nah bro the fs1 shit ain't ain't exactly easy to find um so compared to you know comparatively speaking to you know tnt of course so i was like they're gonna t- they're gonna lose and they lost and it was more like you know they, it's funny they tried to tell you they didn't lose too they lost it's fine the thing is like they lost in a in a fight where like they shouldn't they win pick. because of the cable packages and the cable channels and the cable uh, lineups like FS1 should never be able to outdo what uh, or shouldn't outdo regularly what TNT does this isn't supposed to. Same thing with Bro. like anything on ESPN or anything on like CNN. Like you're just gonna lose or not CNN. You get my point. Like a a a building a, a foundational piece of your cable package should beat a fucking tertiary affiliate for sports. Sorry, that's how this goes. They never forget WWE added on an additional half hour just to go head to head, right? And put their and put their you know, their biggest stars on the shit. Like that's the main thing. It's like y'all y'all went to a losing station. Y'all still souped it up. Like are y'all dumb? Well, the, the way they the way they behave in the like this is the the answer is sometimes yes. So it's one of those things where it's like y'all set yourselves up for the L. Y'all caught it. And I bet you I won't do that one ever again. Number five, budget cuts. Um, We've heard people getting, you know, let go due to these mysterious budget cuts. We never figure out what the budget is. They find money for other stuff. So it's fast um, nationals. Yeah, exactly. So 
they can they can pay for fake numbers to try to use for smear tactics, but you know they gotta fire everybody and cut them during the pandemic. So um, number six, everything relating to black wrestlers, I could not narrow this down. It was just so much oh, this wow. year. And this stands from like positive to negative to oh. weaponizing the positive stuff to the negative stuff. Like, you know, to, as recent as like, you know, TK uh, in December. So like everything, like it's just been like uh, WWE rolling loud this year and like, uh, <laughs> and thinking like, in, in uh, like, you know, Sasha and Bianca headlining, Bianca losing, um, AW leaving black wrestlers off the cards, uh, that exploding the conversation um, on Twitter. The, um, the myth that WWE is the black metropolis, um, the looking how, like how hit row got, you know, the, the life cycle of hit row essentially. Yeah. Um, it, it was a lot. And we talked about, I think just about all of it, if I'm not mistaken, like on the so. show over, so. over the year, but it was just like constantly finding like myself in position where like, I don't want to, do the arguments on Twitter like because it's like it feels unproductive <clears throat> and it feels like you know something that someone's always going to just try to weaponize something to use it for the agenda they want to push and there's a lot of grifting going on that I saw especially like the Forbes guy I think was probably the worst offender um, and I think you know I I was talking to the JML in the discord and I was like, I don't know, man. I, I think, you know, there's, there's a way, there are ways to build stars that work and ways that don't, there are fake ways to build stars. And then there are real ways to build stars. The slow and steady builds are the ones I tend to prefer because those ones are actually have a foundation. The other ones, they could be here today, gone tomorrow. So everything related to black wrestlers has been fucking chaos uh, in 2021, I think. And black, like the black wrestling conversation in general. I think a lot of people are finding out that not all black people feel the same about a lot of this stuff. So I think to all these groups, uh, it's a shock that everyone doesn't feel the same. But we don't. (laughs) So. Um, number seven, the Young Bucks being sneakerheads. We saw that. Thanks, that's Top kind Dollar. of a, that's Jesus. kind of a spinoff to number six. Um, which I don't know. You know, it's it, it the Bucks offended. You know, they they tapped into something that I guess people got real pissed about. On top of them being the Young Bucks, and it was a constant thing. And number eight, pro wrestling tees being hacked and then them not contacting people until after like the Christmas orders was already done. They've sent it through old fashioned snail mail. Um, this was like, I don't know how, what the dollar amount on it was, but I think all the people that use fucking pro wrestling tees, they got all the like any if you use in the last year, chances are your shit got fucked up. Uh, I happen to have not ordered anything last year from Pro Wrestling Tees. 
So I felt lucky, but that's not everyone's case. That's true. That is true. I got spared, just luckily. Just luckily. Man, what you think about that category? Loaded as always. Um, <laughs> don't feel like it is as potent as previous years. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, the Saudi Arabia stuff used to win every year. Um, I think, or did COVID win last year? Either way, like, the, uh, either yeah. way, the um, you know, it's been loaded with COVID and and uh, blood money for a long time, and um, doesn't seem as doesn't seem as uh, doesn't seem as uh, ridiculous as previous years. But it's still <clears throat> ridiculous. <clears throat> well, anyway, those are all the awards for the One Nation Radio Awards this year. We will do our best to get that bracket to you guys within this week. Um, and then the next couple weeks, you'll see it embedded in the episode. I'll be soliciting votes, uh, bracket, or excuse me, voting things from everybody. Worked pretty hard putting all this stuff together. We would appreciate it if you guys dropped your votes in. We will not be fixing any results, so the results will be what they say on this bitch. So uh, there's a there's a lot you know to to consider with a lot of these awards, and I hope you guys listen to this show and figure we were pretty honest putting this stuff together, like you know what we covered. So like you know we didn't you didn't see enough WWE. Blame WWE. Um, <laughs> if if you saw too much AEW, maybe they should be worse. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, that's in the show, y'all. Um, thanks for listening. Um, be sure to go to Red Circle. Um, and drop us off with a donation. Um, and listen to the other shows on the network. Um. Besides one of radio, you have Keep It a Strong Style, you have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, you have Grumman Watches Shit, you have 8-Bit Suplex, you have the, Ga- the Grave Consequences Podcast, you have All Things Elite, you have Great Match Generator, and you have AEW Match Guide. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.